All right, everyone, welcome back to Here for the Truth. This is episode six. We got a really, really special guest with us today, uh, David Whitehead. He's something. He's someone who's had a, a big uh, impact on my life, who has influenced me in a lot of positive ways. And I'm sure Joel can say the same thing. It's definitely helped us get things uh, moving with this podcast. And so, uh, David, welcome, man. It's good to have you here. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this. Love talking to you both. And uh, congratulations on the show. I want to see it go far. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. So I just want to give a little little bio for everyone to know who doesn't know I mean, you. You should know who he is, but for those who don't know, okay. For those who don't know. Okay, so listen, David's a full-time podcaster. He's a martial artist. He's a coach. He's an entrepreneur. He's a public speaker with a lifetime of study and interest in esoteric information, philosophy, comparative religion, and mythology, ancient and modern mysteries, the paranormal, and current geopolitical events. He's an avid adventurer and independent researcher with his own personal quest to seek answers to many challenging questions of our time. The basis of his work is founded on a sincere pursuit of truth, wherever it may lead, with an emphasis on facing and conquering fear and self-imposed limitation which often get in the way of our physical, mental, and spiritual development. I love it, man. I'm, well, that's I'm how my wife, that. that's how my wife sees me. She wrote that for me. So <laughs> awesome. yeah, oh, wow. We'll see if it pans out. Let's see what happens. <laughs> David, I've got to oh, tell you, it. man, it's, it's so surreal just having you here. Cause like, I probably like listened to your voice every day for the last, I don't know how long, man. And you were such a, such a rock during the peak moments of this pandemic. Um, and the fortitude and such a such a consistent voice throughout the entire time man so seriously just i just want to praise you and thank you for the effort that you continually put in for for this community um it's it's incredible to witness pandemic by the way pandemic <laughs> oh well thanks thank you for that man honestly um i didn't i didn't foresee my life working out this way i created every step of the way the best i could but i had a different career path in mind i was a martial artists, getting into the fitness health world. I thought I was going to be a professional fighter. Um, and then that changed to becoming a professional, whatever, uh, entrepreneur. I owned my own dojo and uh, ran my own business and really enjoyed that. And the whole time, I just had a natural curiosity for this stuff. I, I've always been into this. This work is personal for me. So the work that I do with Truth Warrior um, is my personal journey of going down these different avenues, asking these questions, doing this research. And it's, I've just decided to start doing it publicly years ago, way back when I used to have a YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then all kinds of stuff started happening and opening up. And, and it was, I, I surrounded myself with good people. And I've had, I think, some of the best teachers in my life. I, I owe everything to them. The, many of them dead and gone. The books that I've read, the knowledge that I've learned. I was just the curious kid. Yep. And, uh, and then I have many living teachers as well. I mean, I work with one of my best mentors and friends, Michael Tessarian on Unslave. We've been doing that for about five or six years now. I worked with him for many years before that. I've learned so much from the man. Um, and, the, and then he's introduced me to another host of teachers to learn from. And then every guest I bring on my show, as you guys are experiencing now, is just <laughs> a, another library to add on to it. Yeah, man. And then I started to see that this is beyond just like a, a passion or an interest, it, it, it became relevant and, and then it became crucial. And then it became like, oh my God, all this stuff is actually happening. And yeah. all this stuff I've been researching 
was not just random. There was synchronicity involved and there was a, there was spirit involved or something. Yeah. And um, I'm very grateful for that. So my work is really just me trying to pay forward what people did for me. And if I had never tuned in to any of these people and started even thinking like this or reading these books, I wouldn't be here. So I feel like our job now, when you have this knowledge, and I feel the same way with the martial art world that I was a part of that, when you have that kind of knowledge and skill, you can't just hold it all to yourself. Yeah. I feel there's a duty to keep building on it and perfecting it and then sharing it so that you can give that same opportunity that you were given to other people. So that's what this is about. And then, yeah, then the whole world went nuts and I went, oh my God, I have to cover this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hear that, man. Like, I feel like for a while I've been more of a knowledge hoarder and I feel like over the last few years, it's been like, all right, how, how do I play my role? How do I do my part in kind of sharing information, dude? So uh, you and Michael definitely had an influence on me, have an influence on my Sophie. I said, I think I said this to you when we were on your show or either before or after your show, like a few years ago, we did a we did a 25 hour road trip from, from Switzerland to Rome for Sophie's birthday. And all we did was listen to unslaved episodes for oh, the entire awesome. drive, dude. Wow. And it was, uh, it was just really cool, man. Just the topics that you get into the different guests, obviously all of Michael's work that he's done for a long time. I mean, it's really, really, um, really special and powerful and important what you both are doing. The first question I want to ask you though, is how like how did you get started like what was that curiosity what was that seed that like went you know what something's off or like how I was raised or some I need to find out what that is yeah that's a I always try to figure out how to answer this one um it wasn't just one thing mm -hmm. but I've it was partly I've always had a natural inclination towards asking questions like when I was going, my parents were very religious and, um, you know, just amazing people. And yet I didn't resonate with a lot of the information that I was exposed to as a kid. It, it actually scared the ever living crap out of me. And that kind of motivated me to go, wait a minute, I really want to validate this. And I think many people would have gone, well, they would have gone with it because all the influences around them, their friends, their family, their parents, everybody's basically guiding them towards this particular way of looking at the world. Um, but for some reason, I needed to resolve the questions in my mind. And I couldn't just sit back and leave things unresolved. I just can't do that. I have to resolve it. And then um, I also had a lot of shakeup happen as a kid. Uh, my mother, she was in, in and out of the hospital my entire life. Um, and she was getting countless surgeries and was constantly there. My dad was working shift work at the time. So I was already in a place where I was in instability because I was living at other people's houses and moving around a lot because we had to make things work. My dad, God bless him. He did the best that he absolutely could. And he did a fantastic job, but the, the situation we were in and a lot, and that's just the, there's a lot of stuff that basically it gave me a lot of anxiety as a kid. And it gave me a feeling of um, like, I was searching for a lot of things and I got to the point where I said, all right, I need to figure this out for myself. I need to find the right guideposts in my life. I don't know how I saw this at a younger age. I think probably I would say around like 13, 14 is when it really hit me the hardest. Like all this, all the stuff that I went through at a young age um, really peaked at that early teenage uh, age. And um, I went into severe depression and anxiety as a, at that age. And it, it was really bad. My parents didn't know what to do. So they took me to the doctor 
the doctor didn't know what to do. I don't know how they didn't figure out that this guy just has some questions he needs to answer and he's a confused kid or whatever. And so they brought me to see a psychiatrist and then they're like, well, let's put them on a whole bunch of medications. Mm. And so I'm sitting there 14 years old, taking like Zoloft and Paxil and all this shit. And then they would take me off something. And I'm like, and I, none of it helped at all. It, it made things worse. And then it got to the point where when I was uh, 15, 16, I started threatening to attempt suicide. And I'll never forget the moment where I was holding a knife to my throat in front of my dad. And I was saying, I can't take this anymore. And my dad talked me down. I got to say, honestly, in retrospect, I think this was more of a cry for help thing, but I don't know. I was on this medication. Don't take these, these medications, man. You got to really watch it. And then after that moment, something hit me because I had been training martial arts since I was about nine years old, always had an interest in it. And that was always a backdrop. And that was what was like that thing that made me go, you know what? I shouldn't be taking these meds. Cause my sensei at the time, he was like, don't trust those doctors, man. Like we can fix anything naturally. You don't need any of that shit. And he hated the fact that my, you know, the doctors were trying to put me on all this stuff. And then they actually admitted me into this place in the hospital called the pine unit after I had this incident with the knife and the pine unit was where basically it was like being in the movie 12 monkeys, you know, when they're all in the uh-huh. insane asylum where you're with all the crazy people. So here I am as like 15, 16 years old with full grown adult crazy people. And I've got my own room and they come and they force meds into my body three times a day. My karate sensei came and the problem was my dad was working. My mom was going through her stuff. So, and I, I think I also just didn't want to be at home at the time. And, uh, then my sensei comes in and he goes, David, you are a very talented martial artist and you do not need to be here and you're not training and you're not showing up anymore. And this is ridiculous. Come live with me. I'll adopt you. I'll do whatever you, whatever you need. I'll help you out. So he had a meeting with my parents. My parents didn't like what I was going through anyways. And they're like, absolutely. If there's anything you can do to help, we would be so appreciative. So he literally like packed my bags, brought me to his house. I lived with him for like three months. He completely detoxed me. I swept the mats of the dojo. I trained there every day. I started teaching and um, competing in tournaments and doing all that stuff. And he kept giving me books. He kept giving me books to read. He said, don't let your own mind run circles around you. Read the greats. Mm. And I went, oh, okay. He goes, that's the way to heal. Just eat, eat properly, exercise and read. And so I did that. And it set me on a path. Oh, and journaling. That was the other thing. Take a pen on paper and write out how you feel. I used to have stacks of journals. It's funny. I don't even keep a journal anymore. It's like, I got rid of a part of myself that I don't need, but, um, I did that and all that experience. And then the reading and the searching, I, I just kept doing it. I never stopped doing that. And that curiosity that was natural in me came into me so strong that I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't stop. I was like, I don't want a job. I don't, I, I would work a job, but then I'd be like listening to something or sneaking in the back and pulling out the book to finish the chapter on Bruce Lee or whatever. And like, I was always that guy. And then uh, I would, even when I would get a job, you know, I would tell the boss, I've got these nights booked for training non-negotiable, but I'll work like a dog every, any other time. 
and I always did. And I always did well with it. So anyways, um, I guess all these experiences I'm sharing with you, which I guess it got pretty personal, but that's okay. No, um, man, we love that. It's, dude. We're, it's here, what, we're here for the truth, bro. There you go. There's, this is the truth. I've never even told all this. This is the first time. Um, yeah, I didn't realize Karate Kid was based on a true story until now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, I guess. Shotokan Karate. Uh, I trained with Sensei Wilf Miller in Yorkton, Ontario, Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Um, yeah. And he saved my life. And, um, and then I never stopped training. So martial arts saved my life because it kept me out of, because uh, I started hanging out with the wrong crowds, getting into fights, getting into shit. And, but knowing every single time that I was supposed to be the warrior, I was supposed to be the guy with the ethics and all the stuff I love reading about and all the, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme and like, you know, Chuck Norris, I have to, those are my idols. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be with these bad guys. I don't want to be the bad guy, you know, but I guess as a kid, I wanted to make friends and fit in like everybody else. And, um, and then eventually some of those crazy experiences kept bringing me back, bringing me back. And then I just said, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my life. And I made a promise to myself. First of all, I completely cured my depression, anxiety. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, this, the last vestige of it was when I was probably 19. Um, and you know, the normal pangs, but like, I'm talking about the stuff I grew up with my mm -hmm. whole life from like two to 19, that demon was slayed and it was slayed with pursuing the truth. And it was the truth of learning about my body, what I was capable of, building up my self-esteem, developing a sense of value, developing empathy, getting out in nature, reading the greats and, and going through that process that kind of flushed it out and then changing my diet. Um, and then, um, and then having something, a goal, just having a goal to focus on, which is what the martial arts gave me and the research. And so that's what kind of built the foundation. And then, you know, life happens, um, and you, I get different jobs and I'm still training and I was on my way. I trained with uh, 23 time world kickboxing champ, Jean-Yves Terrio. And my goal was to become a kickboxer. I wanted to go and do that. And I had a few amateurs and a few tournaments, but then uh, some stuff happened and, you know, I don't want to go on and on about it, but it kind of derailed it. But I think now that there were moments where I could have had totally different lives happen that didn't. Mm -hmm. This life happened. And it was so weird how those moments, I'll never forget them because I always feel to this moment. And I guess everybody kind of feels this, but I genuinely feel that it was kind of a destiny thing where I was led by something. I called out for help so many times when I was going through that hell that the call was answered. I believe it. And I've often referred to that guiding inner force as like a warm hand on my back. And it also gave me by going through that, and going on that journey, it also gave me that independence of no matter what other people think, no matter what other people are doing or not doing, my life journey has a meaning that I'm going to create and I'm going to do it no matter what. And I made a deal with myself. Number one, I will never leave this life early, ever, no matter what, no matter how tough it gets, no matter what happens, no matter, I'm, I swore an oath to myself that I'll never let myself and my mind get to that point again. Even if I experience great trauma, I will, if I'm going out of this reality, I'm going out swinging a sword or old age, like one of the two. And, um, I've, I've kept that oath. Another oath I said was I'm never going to stop reading. I'm never going to stop searching because it was that searching that led me to the answers that helped me resolve those internal conflicts. 
And then that eventually led me to, well, now I want to know what kind of planet I'm living on. What's really going on here? What kind of crazy ass shit's going down? And that is just a lifetime of trying to figure out. And, uh, and it's been an ongoing thing. So really I'd have to say that, uh, this work that I do is a result of, I think the craziest personal development journey that you could ask for. And every challenge made me stronger. Um, I went through all the ranks in martial arts. I got multiple black belts, uh, Japanese jujitsu, um, got some ranks in Brazilian jujitsu, kickboxing, karate box. I've trained everything. And I was on grading panels. I ran, I managed multiple schools. I owned two different schools. My wife and I ran business like that for many years. I've, I've brought people from white to black belt many times. Um, and then when we moved out West where I currently live, we started a little small town dojo and we put all of our love into it. And the thing ended up being lined up around the block and we couldn't even handle all the customers because there was nothing like that here where we lived. And that business uh, got shut down at the beginning of this pandemic. And so I think that something in me took that extremely personally. And I went, okay, there's, first of all, I smell a rat from the beginning with the pandemic stuff. I'm going to go research this and I'm going to spend, I, I said, I'm going to do full-time hours because I've built myself to a point where I can do that. I'm going to do full-time hours of research and we'll, I want to find out what the hell is happening. And, uh, now that I don't have my dojo, I had more time on my hands. So I did that and all the work that I did, um, more than half of it is gone because YouTube wiped me and I didn't have everything backed up properly, but I did save the best interviews that I did throughout 2020. And I created a playlist called Corona Chronicles. It's on my <laughs> Rockfin channel. It's freely available. I interview people like Dr. David Martin, Dr. Kerry Madej, Del Bigtree, um, Oh my God, just so many great, great, great people. Um, and so what I think it is now is my work and then meeting Michael, I learned so much from the man. Uh, and I learned that you have to create not just at a level of just, you know, doing just enough to get by or just because you have to meet a goal that other people are expecting. You have to turn it into a love. You have to turn it into a vocation. vocation. And that, I got that same vibe from my sensei I was telling you about back in the day. And I just went, okay, universe, I get it. I have to fully dive in and commit myself. And so I've remained that, um, as well as being a father and, um, you know, and it's just, it's been an incredible journey and I owe it all to these amazing people that saw potential in me, never gave up on me, taught me to never give up on myself. And so that's really what I'm trying to do with my work is, is relay that message to others who I know there's many people that have suffered from some of those things. And uh, so that's really what Truth Warrior is. Absolutely incredible, man. Um, what a story. And I mean, it's interesting because you speak of you speak of destiny in a sense. And I'm sure, first off, shout out to Michael Cesarian. Um, in my opinion, Unslaved is the greatest podcast of all time. It's the most important, informative podcast of all time in, you mean, in, in my experience anyway. But you speak of destiny, and I know you're a conventional Aries, but in Michael's system, me being a student of the Terrascopist Mystery School, your son, which Michael refers to as the destiny, is actually in Taurus. And Taurus is ruled by the Hierophant. And historically, the Hierophant is the preserver of truth. It's the servant of truth. It's the one that takes and maintains the truth for the generations moving forward. 
So there it is, man. It's 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 in your destiny, definitely. <laughs> it's all yeah. written in the stars. It is. And, and your agree, rising sign, it. your rising is Scorpio. And this is deep psychological insight and curiosity. This is the deepest psychological card there is. So that mm. will to constantly ask the questions and know there's something more and something deeper for you to get to here. Like it, it's all there, man. And it, it truly is. So yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty cool. It, it's yeah, amazing. I, I've had a few readings. I've done readings with uh with Michael, of course, back in the day, he doesn't do as many of those anymore, but, um, yeah. with, uh, Laura Lee Scaife, yep. she's incredible. We did a great series with her. Um, Fiona I love Edgar. that series, man. Oh, Lord the Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings. She's videos. just, there's just, there's people that have entered my life that they come to me for a reason. <clears throat> they come to yeah. me for a reason. And I, I, I know that when I'm in my flow, synchronicity happens yeah. when I'm out of my flow, shit happens. And yeah. I just learned that lesson so many times that, even at the beginning of this pandemic, I, I kid you not, um, it was pretty crazy because I lost my business. We had literally just closed on our dream home. Like we invested all of our savings. We, we'd been waiting for this moment for like five years. Uh, we got a place on the West Coast, right by the water, beautiful little place out of town. So in the woods, you know, it's quiet. And we were so excited. And literally two weeks later, they, the lockdown happened. We lost our dojo. I'm sitting there going, oh my God, I got to pay this freaking house. And so I went, okay, I got to dive into my work and really go hard online and build something. And like, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. So I'm like, I'll figure something out. Yeah. And then um, shortly thereafter, my mother passed away and she didn't die from the virus. Just letting everybody know she had heart failure. She was an experiment for the cult of the medics for her whole life. Mm. So, um, this new series that I'm going to be working on, there it is, The Cult of the Medics, I'm currently working on it, is my vengeance. And it is my, it is, is a combination of just wanting to put good quality artistic work out there, uh, but also to level the playing field and to talk about what I really know and what I've seen and to hopefully seek justice for the victims of uh, the, the people that... Um, we can talk about down the road of this conversation if you want, but mm -hmm. um, that, that is something that I think is, is key. And, but I'll tell you that flame grew because at the beginning when my mom passed and all this stuff was going on and we didn't know what was going, it was crazy. Um, I had four friends commit suicide over 2020. Um, uh, and it was like, I, I got to a point where I went, I do, I want to give up. I, I can't do this anymore. I just energetically, spiritually, this was what my mind was telling me. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll find something else. I'm going to go sell like gardeningtips.com or something, even though I'm not much of a gardener either. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, ha I watched the Lord of the Rings. I, I hadn't seen it in a while. My mother-in-law, she lives with us in a suite. And um, I, I just went, hey, let's go watch the Lord of the Rings. And we sat and watched it. And uh after a little bit of scotch and some tears, I came to the point of going, I remember the oaths I took to myself and I didn't come here to give up and I have work to do. And then I feel like my show went to the next level. Unslaved went to the next level. Everything went to the next level. And Unslaved, by the way, is 100% Michael. Like, that, like the work and the research and the guests and everything. I basically co-host and manage the back end and all that, but that's his spirit in that project for sure. And it's amazing. Um, and, but anyways, I got up and then Laura Lee contacts me randomly, just, Hey, 
I'm one of your fans. I've watched your show for a while. And I just, I don't, I don't know if you know, I heard you love Lord of the Rings. I did a whole like dissertation on Lord of the Rings. Wow. So she sent it to me and I picked it out out of thousands of emails that were in my box and I just saw it and went, Oh, I got to look at that. And I watch it and it, it just moved me. I went, wow, interesting timing. I was about to give up on my work. I watched the film, something in it inspired me. And then this woman contacts me who's like an expert in it. And so I went, come on my show. And then it went to like, okay, we have to do a series. And I went, I just saw it. We're going to do a four part series, blah, 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 blah. We plan it out. We do it. So that is what that series is. It comes from that, that lit the torch in me. And yep. then ever since that series, I feel like I've done my best interviews, my best shows, my best work. Um, and then even when I started getting censored everywhere, uh, for interviewing experts and speaking my mind, um, I, I didn't, I, I don't know what it was. A calm came over me, you know, and I went, no, there's a solution here. This is part of it. And now I feel like I've got a better path and, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Oh, and better man. platforms are better aligned with your views and your mission, man. And I just yes. think it's going to happen. It's going to continue to go that way is more people that are aligned are like, well, fuck these big tech platforms. Um, what yeah. else can we create? You know, I, I love that you brought up Lord of the Rings because March, 2020, um, I just knew what was going on to some degree. And I got told Sophie, I was like, let's sit down and watch all three of these movies back to back. I think we watched them three nights in a row. And then shortly after, I don't know how long after you came out with that four-part series and I was just oh, it was like after oh that's that's awesome. yeah it was right after and I was like this is freaking awesome wow yeah man and we said what a powerful um myth of course you know man so I'm happy that you did that well it's almost like it's, it's reigniting that hero's journey within you right like re reactivating mm -hmm. yes. um that spark yeah that's 100% yeah, I mean, what it is Joel it's it, that that's what I got you you just nailed it that's the feeling I got I didn't have I didn't think of that it just was like something about it was like, oh no, we're not just going to cave and let this shit, no. like, we're going to fight this to the end. And you'll notice in all my shows, it's yeah. very like something speaking in me that's like, no, no, we're, we're winning this. It's going to, we're going to win this. You don't go out, you don't go to battle wondering if you're going to win. Like yeah. you go there assured of victory or death. Like that's the burn, way you go. Burn the you, fucking ships, bro. It, dude, ships. that's what it is. And, it's, and so it activated something. And then um, I think the timing astrologically, when I was talking to Laura Lee, she said in your chart, there's this new cycle that's kicking off and all that. And you're coming into your kingship and all that. I was like, oh, great. All right, I'll run with that. <laughs> and, uh, and so here we are. And, and now I've got my wife has been my number one support. Like I love your asthmus. I love the connection you have with Sophie and Hey, congrats to her, by the way, for nailing that PhD. Cool, man. Um, but I, 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 I get the connection, right? Like having a strong counterpart. Yeah. Um, it, uh, there are many friends of mine that don't have that and, uh, both male and female. And that's a hard road because especially now, yeah. You need good people by you. Right. And if you can't find it in like an intimate spouse, you want to find good friends that aren't going to betray you and screw you over or who don't care. Right. So I've definitely rinsed out some of my friends lists, but without my wife, uh, and I got my kids that give me motivation every day. Uh, it's just giving me a whole other gear. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to come. There's definitely a lot of challenges that we have to get through. There's going to be a very challenging time ahead. Um, but, I think we can take it. And I think if, when we get to the other side, uh, there's some amazing uh, opportunities for things that we can't even imagine. And that's just, 
we can flesh that out as we go. Yeah, we got the three pronged attack here. We got we got Canada, we got Australia, and we got the U.S. <laughs> you know, where there's a lot of fucking shit going on. So it's the five eyes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We call it Chinata now. It's Chinata. Yeah, Chinata. That's the proper pronunciation. Yeah. Didn't the, the the priest get get fucking arrested again in China? Yeah, the, the pastor. Yeah. Pastor. Oh my god. It's it's just insanity. So like, okay, if people are listening and they don't know what's going on in Canuckland, so <laughs> we have this guy named Justin Trudeau, who's our prime minister. Okay, and we know he's taking orders from other people, um, but we're living in a really interesting situation in Canada because first of all, the history of this country is we were kind of like talked into forming a union under the crown. Okay. A lot of, uh, a lot of the different colonies, they didn't want to create a country. They didn't want to come under that banner, but they did. We didn't have to fight for our freedom. Like in America, right. We kind of were like, okay, let's have a country. And then a whole bunch of crap went down with the uh, first nations people that by the way, was not committed by your average settling family in Canada and good fat Canadian people are the most kind hearted people for the most part. Um, the, there was egregious violence done to the, uh, the first nations people by the Royals and the church. And let's make that perfectly crystal clear so that, you know, cause there's a lot of conflating that's going on where they're all trying to pass the buck down to us little people. Um, but the truth is there's been major forces at work in this country that were there from the founding that I think a lot of people in Canada don't quite understand. And then we were infiltrated by Fabian networks from Britain and, uh, and all like the, an unbelievable cascade of, um, very extreme, uh, communist elements in this country. And this has been going on for a long time and it's everywhere. There's a lot of really crazy stuff that goes down here. I don't think a lot of people are aware of. And that's the backdrop for where we are now, where they've, when they imposed this lockdown, you could already see in Canada that it was going to this level of government control over your life prior to the lockdown, prior to the pandemic. So I guess for me, when I watched it, watching very closely what was going on in Canada, I was warning people about this move towards central federal control and an increased amount of micromanagement in your everyday life, higher taxes, the whole deal. Cause I know the globalist plan and I watched it happen. And then when the pandemic hit, I think that's what really kicked me off to go, wait a minute, hold on a minute. I know who this Tedros guy is. I know who Klaus Schwab, who are these guys? I know these people. And, um, and then when I saw Tr Justin Trudeau drooling over these people, I went, Ah, okay. So fast forward to here we are where even in the beginning of this, there was instances where like a father would be out rollerblading with his kids in a park by himself with his kids and cops would take them down and arrest them and find them because they're breaching the violations that nobody was clear on in the beginning. Okay. Um, you know, unbelievable. You just wouldn't think of it happening in Canada. And there's many, many things I documented about this. And then it's, it's gone on for so long, like everywhere else, um, to the point where they actually went to, this is in Edmonton, Alberta is where it started. There was a pastor there who was saying, people need comfort. They need community and they need the church. Okay. Whatever anybody's opinion is about religion or church, we do need that. Okay. In some way, shape or form. And this was just a good man trying to do good by the people in his community. And he said, look, we can have drive in ceremonies. So he said, let's have drive-in church ceremonies where people can drive in 
and they get a radio and they, they do it all in the, in the vehicles. They got shut down for doing drive-in uh, church yeah. services. Then it went to the next level where they started to say, you know what? This is ridiculous. Up the road is Walmart, Costco, Target, all these places that you can go and shoulder to shoulder be shopping with people. And so they're like, we're going to have our 60 or 80 people come and do a church service. Um, and they got warnings, then fines. It got to the point where the fines were in like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, um, they were, and then it got to the point where they just said, well, if you're going to continue to violate, we're going to shut you down. So they sent 200 police there, RCMP, 200 police to arrest the pastor, shut down the church and actually build a fence all the way around the perimeter of the property. So the government sent RCMP because the Royal Canadian Mounted Police are federal agents, okay? Yeah. They're not your local OPP guys. Um, and they come in like stormtroopers. They arrest them. They shut it down. This guy had to spend three months in jail in solitary confinement for three months. I think he just got released. And then another pastor went and started doing the same thing, saying, hey, they're trying to shut down Christianity or whatever. And he, he started preaching to his flock, got arrested as well. Maxime Bernier, who is one of the only uh, high-ranking federal-level politicians in this country that's standing up for the Charter of Rights, the Bill of Rights, and just common sense, in my opinion. And he's fighting these lockdowns. He's at all the rallies. He's protesting with everybody. Um, there's an election coming up, so he's on a campaign. A couple of weeks ago, he's in Winnipeg, and he uh, gets arrested and put in jail for breaching orders, even though our own prime minister was just at the G7 hugging and kissing everybody and God yeah. knows what else. And was also at a massive vigil in Ottawa where like tens of thousands of people gathered together out to go and do this vigil for whatever it was. I can't even remember. And that was totally cool. But these pastors got arrested and I could just go on and yeah. on and on. And I'm sure everybody watching this has yeah. examples where they live. And so this is where you really start to go. All right. This has never been about a virus. I'm not saying there wasn't a virus. I'm just saying this is not about a virus. And people need to see that and they need to understand what's really going on. And I guess that's why I'm grateful that I've always had the big geopolitical picture in my mind from all the mentors and the information I've researched to have context for this. Whereas the average Canadian, they just watch the news, believe everything they're told. And just everybody's going to tell you, oh, I'm going to get the shot and I'm going to do all this because... I just want to travel again. I want my life back. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of this. And you're sitting there trying to say, oh my God, where to begin? Where to begin? Yeah. So Canada's in a mess. Um, we do have an election coming up, but God, I have no faith in the election system after what went down in the States. And um, I, uh, you know, but there are pockets of resistance. There are people waking up. Um, they're getting sick of it. And I'm just trying to here to fuel the fire to get people informed about what's happening. They don't have to agree with me on everything, mm -hmm. but you should at least have all the sides of the picture so that you can have informed consent, which is what you're not getting from the media or the government right yeah, now. You're just being kept in the dark completely. That's right. Yeah. That's it's, right. it's kind of like, like I don't, it's, it's incomprehensible to really face the stark reality of, of what's happening in the world right now. And except the fact that this is earth at this moment in time and this shit actually is going down. Like it'll, I'll, I've said it a million times, but I will never comprehend it. How, how this is like even happening or even possible. It's. it's well, this is up. where we get into yeah. how important the work 
Michael did in being the first guy in the, the alternative research community, let's just say, um, to bring in psychology to the mix. Yes. And to not just, you know, individual psychology, great, but also mass psychology. Yeah. And resurrecting the work of people like Gustav Le Bon and, and um, you know, Gia Griffin and uh, just looking at the people that have analyzed crowd psychology. And you got to know that your government, no matter where you live in the world, has spent millions of your taxpayer dollars to research how your mind works and what influences will be effective and what level of pressure you'll break under and what kind of cues and commands and colors and signals and smells and all this shit are going to get you to say yes to something you otherwise wouldn't have said yes to. They yeah. study you like a hawk. Why, oh, why are we not studying ourselves? They have more information about us than we have about ourselves. Yeah. And yes, we can blame the education system. We can blame all these things, but it's not like the resources aren't there. And that's what we're trying to do is we built on slave. We built truth where you guys are doing your work. So many others to basically say, here's all the information they're not telling you. And now you have to do this magical thing that you have this ability to do, which is to reason all these sides of these arguments and come to your own conclusion. And that's what I've gone blue in the face saying is that I, I say a lot of shit. I research a lot of subjects. Maybe you like me on some things and not others. And we agree and we disagree, but in the end, what's it really all about? It's about exploring the world and trying to find the truth. And if you want to really find the truth, not the cherry picked one that makes you feel good, but the real one that exists in factual reality, you have to be able to look at multiple things from multiple perspectives. And you, you have to realize that the there are people who profit off of your ignorance so yeah. they're, they're not just going to give you all the answers. You have to go and seek them out. And I've seen that everywhere. I saw it in the martial art world. I saw it in the business world. I saw it in wherever I work. I've seen it in this. It's a universal thing that um, knowledge is only achieved by the individual that chooses to pursue knowledge and go through the trials it takes to get there. Uh, it's not just going to be like, here's your happy meal of knowledge. That's what CNN is. That's what the BBC is. That's what CBC is. It's a, it's fast food of the mind and yeah, it's, it's easy to take in, but man, it makes you sick. Yeah. And like this, the process of discovering truth, it's not an easy linear process. You know what I mean? Like there's no, things yeah, you have exactly. to go through. Like you might make your own mistakes. You might like be, go down a rabbit hole that goes, oh man, like, no, this doesn't resonate with me or this doesn't work. But it's like, we live in this culture where everyone wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like there could be an amazing scholar an intellectual who is sharing certain information. And then they might say one thing that doesn't agree with what they believe in or what they've been indoctrinated to think, or maybe that person's mean, you know what I mean? And then it's like, let's just throw out 20, 30 years of research and intelligence because that person hurt my feelings. Yeah. Well, oh, this is, this, this blows my mind. You're, you're hitting a good thing here because, uh, I've seen this so much and I don't know what it is about me that I was able for a while to actually go. Yeah. Cause there's definitely that happened. There's people that I love for certain things and then other things I don't agree with. There's even yeah. stuff I don't agree with Michael on. And we yeah, talk yeah. about that all the time. Like it's just, and I, and he actually, he wouldn't work with me if I was just this little like, Oh, what do you say master? He doesn't want yeah. that. 
Um, and I'm the same, like, I'm like, please, I, I actually worked really hard to construct a very unique perspective of the world. Thank you. I don't, it's mine. I don't want <laughs> if it benefits you great, but I don't want to convert everybody into me. That's a boring world. Um, but there's a lot of people that need that world. They need a one seasoned, uh, robot world where everybody says the same thing, does the same thing, dresses the same way, thinks the same things are cool, votes the same way, watches the same movies. And you know, you know why that whatever. is? Because we're conditioned to believe that freedom is the absence of responsibility when really it's the exact opposite. Our freedom is equated directly to the amount of self-responsibility that we're willing to take. So people think by outsourcing all their power, outsourcing all their truth, giving it to someone else, and they can just live free within this little maze that's been created for them. But it's not. Everyone has to take responsibility. Um, and for me, it feels like when you were talking about earlier how they know everything about us, but we don't know anything about ourselves. I feel like these seeds were planted also because Alan Watts, I think, says that the most strongly enforced taboo of all is the knowledge of self, right? And we do see this planted and indoctrinated throughout most mainstream religion um, and, and mainstream education. It's, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're a born sinner um externalize everything all your power comes from outside of you so it's like when you talk about mass psychology what these globalists know about psychology it's like they primed us for this oh so joel man you you this is why you guys have to be successful as a podcast because you guys already get it like that was well said the idea that we were primed this has been something i've been trying to tell people um is this didn't just start in 2020 no that's right it's it's this has been age old okay and and the people that scoff at conspiracy because here we're already in this conspiracy world according to the mainstream um they they scoff at it i try to tell people well what if you actually look at the facts and realize that conspiracy criminality whatever it is it's just a byproduct of something deeper that happens inside of each individual the first conspiracy is against yourself by the way and then it becomes a conspiracy externally. If you're going to turn into a criminal psychopath, you first must cut off all your empathy and that, that, that voice of the true imperial self or the still small voice within or spirit or God or Jesus, whatever you want to label it, it's there. Uh, you turn that off and you exchange it only, as you said, for these external outputs and these yeah. little symbolic rituals that make you feel like you're doing something spiritual when in fact you're betraying yourself. What greater conspiracy do you need? And then go, all right, well, those emasculated, um, you know, no empathy, no real connection to nature and reality people, yeah. they are vicious and ruthless. And clearly they plow through all of the ignorant, I just mean well people and get to the top of the totem poles of the systems that were created by people like them yeah. or, or co-opted and hijacked because that's also a case. I don't throw the whole thing out. But um, they, then they are in a position to rule. And th- there's the, the one thing that's, I think, so key, if anybody gets anything out of the unslave project, is the, the master-slave dynamic. Yeah. The understanding that true freedom is only achieved. And this is what the spirit of the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, that's what it wants for you, is to achieve this. That's why you're here. But they know that if they can create a master-slave dichotomy, I'm talking about the you know, the architects of control or even people in your own life, the little mini tyrants in your own life uh, that all they want is for you to conform. They, um, they need to either be a master of others in order to feel like they're, they're worth something yeah. or they prefer to be a slave. It kind of, it's like that uh, song. 
I think I'm going to use the clip from this song in one of my episodes for this cult stuff. Uh, it was, uh, oh, what the hell was it again? Marilyn Manson did the song. I think it was another band that did it before. Oh, some of them want to use you and some of them want to be used by you. Yeah. Some of, oh, some of them want to abuse you and some of them want to be abused by you. That's the description of the master slave. So if you look at cults, Jim Jones, Heaven's Gate, doesn't matter, Solar Temple, uh, the World Health Organization. Uh, you look at a cult, <laughs> you, you basically, you, you have that dynamic of master slave instead of say, just having a teacher in your life or someone to help guide you. That's different. That's the real sensei. The real sage is somebody who's there allowing your free will to develop and your natural organic spirit to develop. They're there to help facilitate it. They're not there to command it. They're not there to control it. They're not to give you a 12-step prescription for your life. They're just there to give counsel. That's it. Yeah. They're, you're walking together. That's it. But conspiracy starts to happen when you realize, or let's just put it like this. When you look back throughout history and you look at the sum of what's happened to humanity, what we've done to each other, all these wars, all this stuff, you'll realize that conspiracy is the norm. It's not some exception. Mm -hmm. It's the rule of human affairs, whether we're talking about how we betray each other on personal relationships or whether we conspire uh, for criminal activity or whether elite players are conspiring for world domination, which is the oldest uh, goal in, in the minds of, of men. Um, and you look back at history, you compare it to what's going on now, you take a look around at the world and you tell me that we're all just blowing things out of proportion and stretching the boundaries of reality because Snopes.com said it was like that. The it truth blows my is- mind because anyone who's read some literature of yeah. the past, it's filled with conspiracy. You know what I mean? That's all it is. Every movie you and, love, every and, movie you love is a conspiracy story. And yet not, it couldn't be happening. No, it's impossible. No. Our government would never do that. <laughs> like that blows my mind. Well, I voted them in your estimate. I voted yeah. them in. So they must be on the up and up. They're on the news. The celebrities love them. Yeah. All the people with blue check marks on Twitter love them. It must be real. Like, this is where you start to grab people and you go, listen, it's like Morpheus. He's like, I can only show you the door. You have to walk through it. You have to realize that the world, welcome to the world of the real. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's been a veil pulled over our eyes. This world could be a paradise. It could be. Whether it ever is or not, I don't know. Some people might disagree that it's even possible, but it could be. It has the potential to be. We have all the resources we need. I've seen the best of humanity this past year and the worst at the same time, which is really interesting. Um, we've, yes, we've developed atom bombs and, and done gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And we've done all this crazy, freaky scientific shit, but there's also been scientists like Walter Russell and, and people that the Wright brothers that invented airplanes and yeah. uh, Nikola Tesla and geniuses that created art and Leonardo da Vinci's and, uh, you know, Giordano Bruno's and Bruce Lee's and, and George St. Pierre's. There's great people that have done great things and inspired many, just as much as there's been evil people that have uh, stolen, raped, pillaged, and murdered. And so that means we live in a duality. And who do you think runs the establishment systems? Do you really think it's the good-hearted, well-meaning people or do you think it's the cutthroat people that you know exist, because you would probably know people like this, who step over the skulls of the people in their wake to get ahead? 
Which one do you think runs the ship of state? Which one do you think runs the World Bank? Which one do you think runs the, uh, the, the United Nations with all their charitable, floosey-goosey, we're going to help save the starving kids in Africa bullshit? Who do you think runs that? People that are involved in worldwide human trafficking. People that are involved in some of the darkest cult activity that I can't even describe. Um, and, and people that are also just grossly incompetent, narcissistic, egoic, and don't have a sense of self to the level of like a Krishnamurti or a Bruce Lee or a Michael Tessarian or Alan Watts or uh, whatever the Christed figures of the past. You, you, this is where we have to realize human beings kill, torture, and imprison the good. And when we realize that, that the best people you never even knew about that existed were not put in the book of philosophy. They're not taught in school. They're not on the media. They're not looked at. There's no statues of these people, all right? And, and yet they existed. And if we were to listen to them, we wouldn't be in this shit show. But guess what? Those people don't run the ship of state because they don't have the, the, the desire to have that kind of master-slave dynamic over you. They don't want that. So the people running the show, they are the people that want to be your master. And the people that want them and agree with them and go along with it and don't think twice, they want to be slaves. And there's a psychological mechanism afoot there that can be healed, but it has to first be addressed and pointed out. And that's why some of the work we do on Unslaved is hard hitting. You'll notice Tessarian has a lot of Irish fire and he goes to the jugular because he, it comes from his humanity. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's the work that you need to do is go to the deep layers and really learn a lot about yourself and how we deceive ourselves first before those deceivers can even get close to having a grip on us, which means that's the solution. All this tyranny, all this evil, all this darkness, all this corruption yeah. only happening because we are doing that on an individual level to ourselves and we're ignorant of that probably willingly for the most part. So if we switch that dynamic around, I think we could, we could, we could at least have a much improved world. Let's just put it like that. We would rather forgive the evil proliferating around us than the rebellion against it, which we mistake for the true evil. Arno Gruen, betrayal of self. So, yeah. Mic drop. That's, that's the end. That was a great show, guys. What else needs to be said? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, the amount of work that you guys do on Enslave, and of course, like you said, Michael, like, lifetimes of information to go through you know just on the show notes of every episode the different scholars the different researchers that go through man i mean it's it's been it's really really inspiring man and it is doing the inner work you know i remember when sophie and i were were driving in switzerland and we went through all the dragon mother podcasts i mean that was a lot of that was a lot of aha moments man it's really really deep and that's the kind of work that people don't want to do and so i want to ask you why don't you think people want to do this kind of work or don't even know that there's work to be done what do you think is the main reason you know because someone listen the people that are going to be drawn to this podcast are probably going to be more like-minded people i don't think a right. normie is going to be like i'm going to watch the here for the truth podcast <laughs> learn about how i'm ignorant and unconscious and um playing the role of the slave and the master slave dynamic you know what I mean? So it's like, what they do you want the think? here for the Krispy Kreme donut podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or the the Shake Shack burger that Cuomo, what was it? Cuomo, not Cuomo, it was Mayor de Blasio in New York, dude. It was oh, like, fuck. he's like, look, I have a burger. So whenever you eat a burger, think about vaccines. Like, are you these guys? Insane? They want to pay you a million dollars to take the shot. Gavin yeah. Newsom wants you to enter a lottery yeah. to win a million dollars. How yeah. bad 
do these known liars and criminals want you to take this shit? Dude, this, I lived in New York City for eight on. years. I've lived in Los Angeles for eight years, dude. The last like 16 years, 17 years of my life have been in, okay, cities that I've enjoyed. You know, I've, I've grown a lot there, but to see what's happening, yeah. blowing my mind between Cuomo, between de Blasio, between Newsom, between the LA mayor. I mean, it's, I'm just happy we live in our little bubble in Topanga Canyon, man, because every time I go into Santa Monica or Woodland Hills or the city, I'm just like, what is, what fucking world am I living in? You're it's living like the, in a movie and they're insane. all going to go down. We'll get to that. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, let's answer that question. Cause it's a really important one. Why do people, why do people want to avoid um, learning the truth or seeking the truth or, or under looking into these areas? Uh, because they're afraid they're going to find themselves at the end of it. Uh, that's the easiest answer. And, and I know a lot of people go, wait a minute. Uh, I'm reading the 12 step program by Anthony Robbins, how to find myself or what? And it's like, no, no, no. We're talking about the real deal. So I've noticed there's levels. There's the people that maybe find out, oh yeah, there was some weird shit going on with 9-11. There was some, maybe there's some weird UFO stuff that's interesting to hear about. Maybe there's some banking scams or yeah, they probably want to set up a world government. Well, they do. They've admitted it publicly. Uh, you know, there, There's probably some things I should know about and they're interested in that level. But going to the Michael Tessarian level, the unslave level, um, we lose a lot of those people on the way too, because it's so personal Yeah. because here's the thing. It's all fun and good to point your finger up the hill at the evil, dirty tyrants, which they're there and they exist. And there's names, dates, places, and address for people like that. But uh, what happens when you point that finger up the world and then you look and nature just did this magical thing where you just look at your hand and you realize that three fingers are pointing back at you every single time. And when you do that and you go, wait a minute. Okay. So there's some guilty criminal psychopathic predators out there that for some reason feel like they're separate from the human race or they're here to rule humanity or whatever. And they, they don't care. Um, but why did so many people that say they're good people allow them to get to this point? How, what, how are we complicit in the crime? When we, when you come to unslaved, you're going to learn how you were complicit in the crime. And that's a hard fucking pill to swallow. It's hard for me. Mm -hmm. It was hard for Michael. It's hard for everybody, but it's the challenge that sits in front of us because evil only exists because good men do nothing. That's the only time it exists. And there's moments, there's little, little flashes where some good men get together, men and women get together and they route out evil and they liberate the day and they win a couple battles here or there. And then you know, that predatory force circles the wagons, comes back round, infiltration, boom, take over. Everybody goes back to sleep and they forget about it. And we're back here again. Um, so the thing is, is when good people do nothing to save themselves, the question is, do people even really want freedom? They say they want freedom. If I'm, if you're watching this right now, you're probably going to tell me, yeah, Dave, I, I'm in the freedom game. I've got the Patriot hat. I'm in, I want freedom. Okay. Um, what are you going to do about our present situation? Well, I don't know. You, we need someone to lead. We need someone to do it for us. See, do you really want the freedom? Because real freedom means that you're free, whether you're chained to a wall in a gulag or whether you're living in the freaking garden of Eden. You know what I mean? Like you're free. It's, it's something that is attitudinal with you. This is something Michael constantly says. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's a frequency of energy. You're a conduit for energy. What kind of energy are you conducting? 
And, and so if we don't really want freedom, what do we want? Well, all the evidence shows that most people, not everybody, but the vast majority of what we call the masses of humanity want freedom from freedom because it's what you said earlier, Joel, which was perfect. Yeah. The responsibility that goes with it is too heavy a sword to carry. It's too heavy a burden. Well, I feel um, like even though can, the rewards yeah. are great, you know, but yeah. that's the real reason I think it's hard. And then also we have to confront a lot of these hard truths about what we think we know. Um, a little bit I'll say is, I was just talking to my wife about this. She was asking me a question. It's like, what would you say if this person said this or whatever? And I just went, well, I always ask people right off the gut, off the bat, where do you get your information? How do you know what you know? Mm. And then I shut up and people go, oh, well, I get my information from that. Oh, I, I, so I read lots of, I saw, and you'll hear everybody give it all. And I'm like, no, no, but all those sources you gave me come from, you know, basically six major corporations that own it all. And, um, you know, so have you ever read any source material? You know, like it's, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just wondering how most people, we think we know what's happening in the world. We think, cause humans naturally, we need to calibrate to our reality and our environment. And so we, we need to operate or we'll, we'll just end up killing it. We need to operate on the premise that we're right. Otherwise we're not going to exist. So, but what happens when that premise of being right is that you're actually wrong and you yeah. believe that you're right. And that, that's the issue. So it's not just, oh, here guys, we'll, we'll solve it for you. Learn symbolism, etymology, and iconography. And go and look at that, all that ancient religious literature and go look at the fountains in your town square and go look at the Capitol building houses and go look at the layout of Washington, DC and, and come back and tell me that there's no massive central ancient planning happening on this planet. Um, and most people are going to be like, well, no, that's impossible. And you go, well, why was it impossible? Because they didn't teach it to you in school. They didn't teach it to you in church. They're not talking about it. Like Lady Gaga's not singing about it. Is that why it's not real reality? So you, you not only have to face these truths, you have to face the truth that you were wrong. Yeah. And I was wrong and I'm still wrong. And we're always going to, that's the that's hardest the, thing that people don't do, want to yeah, do. Right yeah. And I mean, you can only, you can only see truth as much as you've met truth within yourself. You can, you can only point it out until it gets uncomfortable for you because you end up pointing at something within yourself. And that's a bridge that you're not willing to cross most of the time. There's just the, the ability for a person, again, this is where psychology and healing and healing your trauma comes into place, to be able to sit with the vulnerability of I'm, I'm wrong, or I could be wrong. And most people won't sit with that vulnerability. And so they lash out, they get judgmental. And this is even about the whole vaccine issue, you know, like, what's a greater vulnerability than the potential of maybe hurting your child? And how many people won't even they won't even entertain that. They can't, they don't have the ability to, the psycho-emotional fortitude to entertain that. And it's like, no, you're wrong. You're a baby killer. You're a conspiracy theorist because yeah. nothing I did would, would have hurt my child potentially. Whatever my child has or an autoimmune issue or a brain injury, like it's not my fault. It's your fault. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't yeah. take ownership. There isn't the humility to be able to sit with it. And because, uh, again, it yeah. comes back down to psychology. And you know what's and, missing? Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, Joel, go ahead and I'll, I'll I was just going to say, like, in the past, naturally, we all go through underworld cycles, right? But now it's almost like we're in the position where that's too painful to go through that rite of passage, where we actually have to go through an underworld cycle, do the real shadow work, face ourselves. It's it's a bypassed, and people are bypassing it more and more and more and more because the risk of entering that journey, which they have to enter, 
is now too high because of, like you said, your SMOS. Maybe I've just poisoned my kid now, right? How am I yeah, going to deal with that? And also the space isn't there what it was in the past. I mean, we literally can go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. We have devices, computers, smartphones. Mm -hmm. Like people don't create the space in their lives to sit. I mean, how often are people, you know, tuning into the, the yeah. boring, you know, like just being with themselves, looking at a tree for like five minutes, you know, staring at a bird, you know, it's like, we're constantly distracted. And then you have a mm -hmm. lot of people because of the way the system is, they're working two jobs. And there's so many factors that go into it, how a person has crafted their life combined with the psych psychological element where it's like, no, 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 I'm doing my thing, trying to pay my bills. I'm going to pop on Netflix. I'm going to masturbate. I'm going to, whatever it is. And then I'm going to repeat the cycle, you know? They're yeah. not out there like going on these internal heroes journeys, you know, and facing these difficult things. Yeah. And it's a difference. It's challenging. Each person has to do it for themselves, but it's just like, there's so many things at play here that make it tricky for some, you know, yeah, and at the end of the day, if you really want to, it's there. You just have to it's be one willing them. to do the work. Yeah. What? It's one, it's one of them, but it's two, the malignant culture, which has created the perfect circumstances for them to continually be distracted and mm -hmm. never have to do it. So that's why for the modern man, it's, well, I, th I think it's extremely more difficult for him to actually open the veil, open the curtain and see what's behind it. Yeah. Oh, these are good points. Yeah. And I mean, yet here we are right now. Yeah. Right. No, like, it's true. So it, it, it's, it's amazing. But you know what? Actually, to me, it, it gives me hope because think about it. Um, there was a really good analogy that I'm trying to remember who gave this once, but it was so good um, where they said, it's kind of like when you're sitting in a pool and there's a, one of those, you know, beach balls sitting on the surface of the water, it naturally floats on the surface naturally because of the nature of how that works. Right. In order to put the ball underwater, you need somebody to physically grab it and not just put it under and then it stays under, they have to grab it and force it down and hold it there with energy to put it out of its natural state in order for it to be under the water. That's what, that's what the dark side is doing. That's what they are trying to do is invert the natural order. And in order to go against the principles of nature, it requires so much energy and so much forcing and so much reordering and reshaping and rebuilding that it always turns into a shit show because it's going against the natural mm -hmm. order and it it's too much energy. But these people have nailed a system of how they can forcefully change the order of nature. And, um, and so when we're, when you let go of that ball, that's been held under the water and you just let it go, it pops right back up immediately. It doesn't have to go through this long, arduous journey. It just pops back up to the surface because that's the natural state, right? So we're like that. So all these uh, pressures you guys were talking about, because I see them as like external uh, it's like a mouse trap, And those are the gates that get slammed shut when you're trying to find the food or find the exit. Um, and a lot of people, they turn away at the first gate and they go, oh, there's a gate. Screw that. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not going for that. I'm done. Um, but for the person that keeps going through those obstacles of, oh, I got to work two jobs. I got kids to feed. I got this. I don't have time. La, la, la. You know what's amazing about humans? We make time for the things we care about. Very true. We make everybody that's like, oh, I don't have money for that right now, Dave. You know, yeah. you're trying to sell me this stuff that's like super healthy for me. Like, I just, I can't afford it. I'm like, oh, I'm like, really though? Because yeah. if you really saw the value in it, you would move heaven and earth. Look at the credit card debt of the world yeah. right now. You would move heaven and earth 
If I was selling you some Krispy Kreme donuts and some free beer for life, you'd do it, wouldn't you? But here's the thing. Yeah. If it's not, it's got, so, but, but here's the thing. The good news is that if you even go through the trials of breaking some patterns and, and maybe not uh, looking at the same sources as you were for so long and maybe trying something new and, and thinking outside the box and stretching the mind just a little bit, you'll start to actually see a benefit. And when you show people the benefit, um, they're hooked, they're in because they see that, oh, the challenge is actually good for me. I think I could see this easy because I was raised in the martial art tradition is you can't, ha the skills that I've gained over the years of training this for whatever, nine, nine, I don't, 20 some 30 years. Um, I can't download that into somebody like that's earned through blood, sweat, and tears. I've had to throw that roundhouse kick a million times in order to get it to where it is. Um, it, it, but I earned it. And that feeling of going through the process and then earning a skill and then seeing the result. And now it's just a new superpower that you have. Um, like I, I can't even do it wrong. If I tried, you know, that's how many times I had to practice it. I learned the benefit of going through the struggle in order to achieve something. Whereas a lot of people, they're not taught this. And this is by design. The school system is, is boring the shit out of your kids. They're not providing, I'm talking in general, okay? There's exceptions to every rule. I'm talking about the system that has produced the current generation, which is you know, in a lot of, a lot of trouble because they're missing ingredients. It's like a plant. It needs uh, sunlight. It needs the right soil. It needs watering. It needs care. They're missing some ingredients on purpose to take out the foundation so that there is no masculinity, there is no um, true inner strength, there is no ability anymore to actually go through struggle to achieve. It's all push this, download the app, fast food, easy solutions, get me the vaccine, get me back to my life, fly, fly, you know, and, and that takes away the best part of humanity. And they're grooming us to become completely linked into a robotic world, right? Mm -hmm. And so they need to get rid of that natural instinct that we have as humans to grow and go through struggle and the survive. delayed gratification. Right, exactly. And, and so delayed gratification is a skill that you, that you learn how to deal with. But when you do, that's freedom. Yeah. And that's why freedom, as Thomas Paine said, freedom was hunted around the globe. It was hated in the globe. We had to forge it, create it, fight for it, die for it. And even then it's been constantly under attack from the second we even put a flag on the ground and declared it because that's how much this threatens the mindset of people. And yes, there's this dark magician level of this that is casting spells to keep people in that space. But what's amazing is that you'll know it's a natural process. The minute you pull yourself out of that matrix for a minute, let the fog clear and go out and create something and, and learn something yeah. and, and prove yourself to yourself and actually learn who you are. And from then on, you're free that, that you'll never want to give that up. And that's who I am. So people that are like, what's up with all these conspiracy anti this and deniers that, well, these are the people that just didn't go along with all that bullshit and never wanted to give up the true process of becoming human, becoming a human being. It's in the word there's humans, which is like, that's what they identify them scientifically. But then there's beings, which means it's an active process, right? So we've lost the being and we're just humans. And now we're just going to be hue. <laughs> like it's, yeah. we're devolving <laughs> and, um, but we can turn it around. And what I'm amazed by 
is let's look at it like let's get into the positive stuff here because during the pandemic we learned something okay first of all we learned that all the conspiracy theorists were right so toast to everybody out there good for you go hug your local conspiracy theorists today um and then we learned that crisis like this is what woke a lot of people up yeah and it's not just the fact that there were new uh whatever revelations or podcasts or whatever coming out. It's because the crisis forced everybody to stay at home, mm -hmm. to not know what's going to come next, to live in fear, to, to be, Oh my God. And then to watch the government just go absolutely insane around the world and just go, what is happening? And they couldn't escape it. See, if this would have been over in 15 days, like they told us this perpetual 15 days to stop the spread shit. Um, if it would have been over in 15 days, we would just be back to square one. So part of me, as much as I hate this and it's been horrible and horrific, I'm grateful for it in the big picture because yeah. it woke up hundreds of millions more yeah. people than otherwise would have woken up to what we're talking about, at least on a basic level, okay? At least yellow belt, orange belt level. And so that is something that I don't know if the big uh, arrogant oligarchs were calculating, um, but it happened. And it's going to keep going. It's just unstoppable. Uh, they either have to wipe us out first, or we're just going to keep waking up and realizing the, the, what's going the, on. that tipping point happened in 2020, 2021, where it's just, I just yeah. think it's spreading like wildfire. And like yeah. you said, you're yanking people off the hamster wheel. You know, people have just been doing their thing all day. They got yanked off of it and they were home with not just time on their hands, but just all that stuff coming up from the unconscious, you know, to, to deal with, yes. you know what I mean? So yeah. Many I dark just, nights of the soul. I'm sure you gentlemen have had it. I've oh, had man. it. I've rinsed up. I've become so much, even though I feel like I lost a part of myself in one way, I've gained so many other parts and, um, you know, definitely got a lot of battle wounds this past bit as sh so many people did, but I've become so much stronger because again, mm -hmm. I know the value of humans are designed to withstand incredible pressures. And in fact, we need it. Think about it. When you're born, I watched both of my daughters be born. I practically birthed our second child. Um, and realizing that right from your first day on this planet, you had to struggle and scream and barely make it and put your mother through absolute living hell. And that's what creates life. Really? It's not a bunch of ponies and rainbows. Really? Like, it's amazing to watch it happen and go, well, if that's what created, if that's what birthed you, then that's a process that has to keep going. Like in martial arts, we break down the body to rebuild it. We tear muscles to grow stronger muscle fibers. We push our lungs through all these different drills to expand them. So you have more oxygen in your blood and all that. And we do things to challenge you and push you because we know that naturally humans adapt to pressure and that's what makes you stronger. So this I think we're in a situation um, where there was a plan to literally take the keys of the kingdom of the world, to take the throne. Let's think of Game of Thrones. Someone is trying to take the Iron Throne, okay? Bunch of families up there are fighting amongst each other as to who gets to sit on the Iron Throne of the earth. And um, as they're fighting it out and trying to push that to their agenda because they're greedy, um, a lot of us are starting to realize that there is this little battle happening behind the scenes and that we're kind of like the cannon fodder in that war. 
And we're starting to realize that this battle is only really happening about amongst uh, 0.001% of the population of the planet. And when at least a significant amount of people, and remember, it's only 3% of the male population of America that won the battle. Um, if a, just a significant amount of people can at least twig that, the house of cards comes down immediately, at least for this one. Then they'll come back and we'll have to keep this going. Mm -hmm. But it, I'm saying we, we're really close. And there's a lot of people that I'm talking to now who used to scoff at me and make fun of me and whatever that are actually like, how do you know this stuff? Where do you get this stuff? Like they're, they're interested now. And uh, I'm glad to see that. And if, if people are late to the party, I don't do the I was right dance. I don't do that. I just go, let me show you around. Welcome. Welcome yeah. to the Matrix. Welcome with right? open arms. Welcome. Because we need it. And I understand we're up against a very sophisticated, ancient, multi-trillion dollar investment propaganda machine that is extremely, uh, just to get into that as a podcast in itself. So the average person, I get it. You're working, you got a job, you got all this stuff. You could, you were distracted. You just want to live your life. You just want to be let alone. I think those are virtues. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, this is the battle for Middle Earth. And uh, I love that scene when he's in the forest with the trees, the ants, mm -hmm. and uh, the little, little Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. Uh, <laughs> and he's sitting there talking to the trees and, and they're trying to talk the trees into coming to war to fight at the Black Gates with them. And and the trees are like, well, we don't really do this anymore. We're too, you know. And then he just looks at me. He's like, this is your home. This earth is all for all of us. And if, if you're not going to fight, who will? We need you. This is your home too. And so that's the message I've been trying to give people is say, you know, even your little, even just you contributing to the stream of consciousness of awakening. You don't have to do anything. You don't mm -hmm. have to go to protests. You don't have to write your local congressman. You don't have to do any of that shit. You don't have to start a podcast, just the hundredth monkey effect, consciousness, just get in the, stop watching the news, stop spending money at companies and corporations that are enslaving you and literally just got away with the biggest transfer of wealth in human history. Let's, let's, let's change the energy stream. Let's shift our energy. Let's shift our dollars. Let's shift our supports. Let's shift our mind and starve this beast. And uh, it all starts with you, but I think there's a lot of good things coming and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Dude, real quickly, um, this made me think of, did you see, was it yesterday, the Euro Cups going on right now? Did you see um, Ronaldo and then the other athlete today that like sat down to their press conference and Coca-Cola's official sponsor and they literally just like took the Coca-Cola bottles, moved them out of the way and they were like, water. Did you see I didn't, that? I heard about this. I didn't see it. That's pretty yeah, yeah, Ronaldo yesterday. What'd you say? Apparently it's a $4 billion share drop in Coca-Cola. Yeah, so that was when Ronaldo did it. And, and another uh, another uh, player today at the press conference took the two bottles of Coca-Cola that were just like right in front of them on their table and just like moved them. And that cost them money? Oh, thank yeah. the gods. This, yeah. this is this is what it is. This is awesome. And then, oh, well, speaking of soccer, did you guys see that? I think was he Milan? No. What team was he on? He just dropped of a heart attack. Yeah. You see that? 25-year-old yeah. kid? Yeah, four or five Wait, after his second dose or something, was it? Oh, is this the one, the, the Danish player? The the no, one during the Euro Cup, I think? Was it? Was he from Denmark? I'm not sure. Denmark, I think you're right. And then everything, all, it was amazing because like right away, I think the, I don't want to misquote anything because I didn't fully research yeah, I didn't it, go I too heard, deep into it. I mm -hmm. heard that Danish media reported that the whole team had gotten vaccinated. And it makes sense because all these teams 
like they all have to go through these protocols in order to be permitted to play. So it, it makes sense. Um, and then CNN tried to do a, a piece saying, well, he never got a vaccine. He, they're, they're really going hard on this. And it's like, weird. Um, am I going to trust local Danish TV or am I going to trust CNN? Hmm. Uh, it's interesting. But hey, look, this is the other. So it, let's get into the vaccine a little bit quickly here, because I think this is important for people. Um, I was just talking about this with somebody and something that really blows my mind is when people think of a vaccine, they think of something that eradicates disease. Okay. They just think, oh, vaccine equals no more disease. Okay. And with this, first of all, it's not a vaccine. It's an MRNA gene therapy and don't let the word therapy fool you. Uh, it's a, it's a new experimental thing that's never been used on the human population before. And, um, there's already people that are getting all kinds of these blood clots and issues. And it's, it's just, it's probably way worse than we even know. And we've only just rolled that out months ago. Um, so what's been blowing my mind is the people that are going with this argument that comes from the media, um, that if you don't get the shot, I'm at risk, even though I got the shot. So the person you're talking to is, okay, you got the shot. Yeah. Okay. So we're cool. No, you have to get it too. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's a vaccine. You're taking it because you're hoping to eradicate this disease. And they're like, yeah, but you have to take it too. Well, why? Well, herd immunity or whatever they're going to say. But I still say, I go, well, wait a minute. So your, so the whole time your mask didn't work unless I wore mine and your vaccine doesn't work unless I get it. Like, do you think this stuff through, like, what do you, how does that, how does that compute? I've still tried to ask these questions and I, I've gotten the most weaselly weird ass answers from people that I'm still like, what, how well, can science, you, same here. Same how here, do you man. want me to get it when you it, like, oh, and, and we can't even get into these other therapies and just even natural, like all the stuff you guys do, your asthmas with the body and somatic intelligence, but even just on the, the daily Joe level. What about ivermectin, budesonide, HCQ? What about all these other therapies? Um, why is that not even a conversation? Well, the average person doesn't even know what you're talking about. Because again, they're getting this information, first of all, through the lens of petrified fear of this ninja virus that's the most woke virus of all time, by the way. And, and the second is that most people will tell you, let me know if you guys have been getting this. When I actually ask them, they go, well, I know there's all, I know, I know, but... I want to travel. I'm sick of this. Let's just be done with this. Mm. If, they, if they want us to get it, let's just do it. And I sit there and I go, so you're going to let the government set a precedent in your life from this day forward that all they got to do is threaten to take your away, your ability to go to Mexico for a week, once a year from your slave job in order for you to literally give your body over as a experimental device to them. And they're not, they're not even held liable for damage. <laughs> what? That's the it blow, worst it absolutely sales blow, pitch it blows I've ever my heard mind. in my life. And this comes yeah, back it to absolutely the, blows my mind. This comes back what to the, the the near equating freedom with giving away responsibility, right? The the, the initial <laughs> points. It's like that's why they don't want they don't want freedom. Yeah, they want to go. Right. Try, they want to get think back. They, do. they think yeah. it's, they think it is freedom. They're, they're brainwashed into believing that that's that it, is yeah. freedom. Giving, well, it's giving, also giving a, back the little things that I had, right? It's also the crowd, the herd, you know, like, what if I don't, if I don't get it and all my friends get it, what does that mean? What does that say? Right. Like, I'm not going to stand up to my, my, my friends, the crowd, 
because I'm going to lose friends. I'm, my life is going to change, you know? So people make these decisions out of this like convenience and like a weakness of spirit, in my opinion. But on the flip yeah. side, on the flip side, between 2015 to 2019, I never thought that people would ever question vaccines at all. I thought they were locked in as the savior yeah. of humanity. And I never thought I'd see it in my life. These people, um, the amount of people be questioning vaccines and the vaccine hesitancy rising the way it is simply because of the way things have, have played out. I never, never, never in a million years would have thought that some of the people that I've seen now questioning vaccines would be questioning vaccines. That's a really good point. And I'm actually looking right now, if I go on TikTok, I finally got a TikTok just because I need to get some <laughs> audience back. Uh, I'm going to go hashtag no vaccine. Uh, oh, wait, I have to do a post. Hold on. I just want to try something. I, I Okay. I looked at it earlier yeah. today and I was looking for some hashtags because I'm doing these snarky little videos on there for people. And um, I saw that no vaccine and the, you know, no shot for me or whatever had like millions of hits behind it, millions of hits. So yeah. like that hashtag alone got one of my videos, like 20,000 views. I was like, what? So that would, I'm agree with you. I've been onto that. Look, I've got, you'll like this. I got a gigantic stack of books right here that I'm going through for my series. And in one of them, this is, I love showing this one. I had to special order this one. This is a book called Vaccination, 100 Years of Orthodox Research. So this is basically, they literally just printed the studies in this book. 100 years of Orthodox research that show vaccines represent a medical assault on the immune system. Is That's that what this whole book is about? This is, uh, yeah, Vera Schreiber, PhD, yeah. right? And I've got like 16 other books like this. Mm -hmm. And and you go, okay, that was just with the normal, the other vaccines, right? Yeah. Um, and we're going to, uh, in my new series, I'm going to get into the whole history of the industry and where Western medicine got hijacked and turned into a whole industry. But um, there, this new vaccine, even doctors that I know that are like, they're always like, I'm the, I'm super pro-vax. I'm super pro-vax. And I'm like, Hey, cool, whatever. And they're like, but this one is I'm having, I've never seen this level of reactions. I've never seen it. Yeah. And they're like, I have no idea why the news is not reporting it. So here's the thing. The longer this goes on every single day, more people are going to be forced to see the truth. Mm -hmm. They're going to be forced to see it. Like these doctors that are coming out. We just had this guy, Byram, uh, something from, uh, Ontario, who's one of the top experts in vaccine science here in Canada. And he's screaming bloody murder against this shot. Um, what's the other guy? There's, uh, uh the guy Gersh Vandenbosch. There's, there's yeah. so many people that would never, as you said, Joel, yeah. that would have never come out to speak out against this. And remember when these people speak out, they're not like you or me speaking out where we just get deplatformed. These are people who invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into their education. They've built their entire reputation and career in the medical industry, working for these big pharmaceutical companies and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and all this stuff. And they are alarmed to the point where they're willing to risk their careers, their reputations and their lives. Cause there's also this weird thing where doctors just suddenly go missing 
uh, for, for talking that's, about this. That's been going on for a while. Yes. So uh, was it, a, was also, it's a mafia, man. It's a mafia. Yeah. Um, is it, was it Michael Yeadon, who's like the ex-chief financial officer, yep. financial scientific officer of, of, um, of Pfizer. Of Pfizer, and he's been speaking out. And it's just like, you're just censoring the guy who literally worked for the company. It's, it just baffles that me. When you tell that to should... someone, and they're yes. like, yeah, he's a conspiracy theorist. But how can <laughs> they just, this no, blanket that, term? That one guy, oh, that's the evasion. That one guy should make everybody go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The guy, wasn't he like the former CEO or vice CEO? He's one of the top guys at Pfizer. He was a senior executive. I think Chig scientific officer. Yeah. Like, and, and like, and then, dude, we could go on forever with all these experts that have come out yeah. with uh, the worry about it. Um, one of the top doctors in America, oh, what the hell's his name? He's come out and just done a bombshell interview with oh, Ryan um, Pullman. Oh, not Mac not McCullough. It's McCullough. That's McCullough, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came. He testified in front of Congress. Like this, this stuff isn't just happening on little podcasts. This is happening at the biggest level. Some of the most influential people in the world in those fields are the ones that are warning people. And yet, still, when you get the violent, vitriolic reaction from people, when you're even just questioning it, um, that is where you got to go. Yeah, people don't really want to know the truth, do they? You know, no. you got to get into the psychology. I've had now. so I've had so many friends for friends, people I know from my past, unfollow me on Instagram. You know, because you know the last couple of years I've been posting a lot more. I mean, primarily in my stories, but uh, it's just funny. Like they don't not even like a question, like mm. what's going on, what are your thoughts? Just like that unfollow button. Just want to stay in my safe bubble, and I don't want to question things. I don't want to face the truth, and it's um, that's all it is, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Lifelong friendships may have ended. I'm just yeah, finished, yeah. It's yeah, same. but and and the silver lining is so many more beautiful, amazing people and connections have come into my life over the last 15 months. Like oh, amazing new people that I've met, who we've connected with. You know, even just in like LA, we're in LA County, so you could just only imagine like the majority of people and how they think and believe. But even within these little pockets, we're meeting these amazing people, like other people in the health world, other body workers, just like on the same page, sociopolitically and medically. And it's just awesome, man. Like these are people that I consider like family now. And I've known them for like six months. And yeah. yet I've known some people for 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm like, well, if I didn't hear from you again, like, you know, it's not ideal, but it's okay. I don't feel the same connection. It's like, it's not it's you. Like it's, this, it's this, fre it's, it's it's this frequency thing. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's this frequency thing that like you're shifting your energy and your frequency. And like the people that are coming into my life are aligned in that way. And it's, it's really awesome. And, and the other cool thing that I love that you mentioned earlier is just by questioning this COVID gene therapy, more people are diving deeper into vaccines as a whole. Uh, yes. And that, and they're, they're questioning them as a whole, which I really, really like and appreciate. Yeah. And here's, here's something to color that. And I'm glad you said this. And um, I will say this as well. I've lost friends. I've got family that won't talk to me, but I've gained some of the best people in my life as well. And I've yeah. heard this from so many people that it, I don't know, it's as if it was meant to happen. Um, but here's the thing. What's amazing about this time is I'm, I don't want people to miss out on how amazing this time is. Okay. And just, just from like, if you were here on a scouting mission to check out what's, what's the life, what's the wildlife doing on this crazy blue marble or whatever, this planet, um, or, or flat disc, I don't care what it is, thing, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, what, what, no, yeah, no. Uh, but, but 
what is happening on this planet? I, if you're just here as an observer, if you were just taking notes and you could have that objectivity, just kind of zoom out and look at all the things that are happening simultaneously right now, it's bonkers. And I don't even know if people fully grasp the situation that's afoot. So let's think of it like this. So every time there's a, a crisis, there's an opportunity. Would you guys agree? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the oper- the crisis is there. There's plenty of crises to go around, but the opportunities are where people are maybe missing. So there's the good news. We're getting bombshell information given to us as a species about how our governments really work, how they don't work for us, how our media really works, where their allegiances lie. Um, we're learning about a lot of really dark shit, but now that it's becoming viral that we're learning about some of this stuff, it's giving us an opportunity to correct the course. And I got this feeling inside me that I can't shake. And I've had it all year um, that some of this is designed to happen like this, specifically to produce the result of shifting the consciousness. And there's two group there's two camps there's the wizards and warlocks there's the there's the you know the 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 you got the gandalf guys and the saruman guys there's there's people on both sides i'm talking at the top all right and we can even get into possible other forces that may be afoot i don't know there's something i I don't even want to define it but there's something happening where one force wants to completely enslave humanity and and complete the mission of turning this place and maintaining this farm situation this this looting pillaging farm situation the other force wants to assist humanity or is pushing humanity towards realizing what's happening so that the solution can present itself and without seeing all the evil and experiencing it People wouldn't wake up. Like you could tell people to your blue in the face. I've tried it for years. You can tell mm-hmm. people, guys, we got to look at these round table groups. We got to look at these secret societies. We got to go into the ancient past and learn the roots of the establishments that we worship. We got to look into Hollywood and see what's going under that shit. What's going on over there. I've been there. I've worked there. Man. Trust me. <laughs> the world's about to get a major red pill. Um, the, you know, just all these different things that we blindly put our faith in. It's all we're experiencing. It's like we're on a Hollywood studios ride of all the things that nobody really wants, but we have to go through it in order to wake up and make it and fix it because you can't, you can't tell people the truth. You got to show them and something there's a, maybe it's just the force of the universe or spirit or something is moving through people on this planet almost like the white blood cells that just wake up in your body or those NK cells that fight off viruses. Um, not the spike proteins they're trying to force you by the, the real shit. That is something that is activated only in the presence of a path of pathogen or a virus or a disease or something like that. Without that virus or disease, those white blood cells would never, or those immune cells would never have uh, the ability to become strong enough to fight off even bigger pathogens, right? So it's as if this is happening on the macro scale where in order for, we can't just go like the secret, oh, I wish the world was free and better and magical and united. Um, It has to be, well, if you want that, 
you got to go through hell first. The well, world has to go through is painful, near right? death. Yeah. yeah, the world has to go through a near death experience. We all have to go through an underworld journey. Mm. And if we survive it, heaven on the other side, or at least a better version than we had. If we don't, well, then blip and restart and nature does whatever nature does. But um, I look at it like this. There's two trains on different tracks. They're racing towards the finish line. One is this great reset crap. And one is this great awakening. And I like using the term great awakening rather than mass awakening, because I'm not sure the masses will ever mm -hmm. wake up. But the great awakening is basically just an opportunity. There's like an, it's like with astrology, right? It's not about, it's all destined and it's fate and it's fixed or whatever. It's just momentum. Like there's momentum for certain things. Yeah. And if you take the opportunity and do the groundwork, you can seize the momentum of that wave and ride that wave towards what you want. It's not just going to happen for you, but the momentum and the opportunities there. We're in that space right now where the momentum is there. The opportunity is there. We are learning about this pandemic and all this stuff. We're learning about um, the election fraud, which whatever people think about the election in the U.S. and who they like and who they don't, the fact that this is now becoming critical mass worldwide and everybody's watching Maricopa County and everybody's paying attention to what's going on with that shows that people are waking up to a bigger truth, not whether Trump or Biden won, but the bigger truth of, dude, they've been, yeah, it's been a massive orchestrated fraud for a long time. They've been selecting our politicians for a long time. Who's doing this shit? And that means we've been living in an illusion. So that is an opportunity for a mass awakening right there. The pandemic, gain of function, Fauci, uh, Winnipeg uh, University on the grill for having Chinese scientists working there, taking stuff to labs in China. This is all coming out. Also, other category, human trafficking. Something I've been talking about for a long time that's near and dear to my heart is that people have no idea what the real pandemic is that we should all be looking at, maybe locking down, contact tracing, you know, yeah, doing right. that shit. That would be something I would get involved with. But no, it's about a 99.x survivability virus. But the fact is that as despite all that, this information is coming out. We got Ghislaine's Maxwell trial coming up in the fall. That's going to be public. It's going to be bigger than OJ Simpson. Um, all that, I think it's uh, something with millions of pages of testimony from her that they've transcripted. Um, we're getting uh, exposures on a lot of key politicians, key celebrities. Um, Hollywood is done. The Golden Globes, the ratings are through the floor. The mainstream media is finished. They're desperately trying to pull back all the millions of people that have shut them down and not, they don't go there. They come to podcasts like this. Uh, big tech is being exposed as a massive operation um, that's run essentially by intelligence agencies and, and foreign interests. Um, where else could we go? There's so many, oh, we're getting more uh, information about the, the possibility that we're not alone in the universe and it's starting to become a mainstream discussion. Yeah, what are your um, thoughts on that? Yeah, that's it. Well, can we hold that's that for a sec? Because that's a freaking good one. I got a good point for that. Um, but like, what I'm saying is that all the subjects that we know and love that I've researched on my own organically are showing up in the news. Mm. They're showing up even with the news, even in the mainstream. I'm going to barbecues and stuff and people are talking about this. And I'm like, dude. And they, 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 I love when it's so cute. People, they just <laughs> learn about something and they come to me and they're like, uh, oh, dude, yeah. oh, they wow. Have you ever heard about this? Oh my God. And I'm sitting there going, 
I've interviewed every expert on that subject and I have their numbers. Did you know? <laughs> like, I, I, but anyways, um, but it's cool. I love seeing that like excitement because yeah. I remember what yeah. that was like in the beginning. Exactly. And um, so, so what I'm saying is that people out there that are feeling down, people out there that feel like it's over and it's hopeless and, you know, evil's just going to prevail. It ain't because it ain't the only show in town. All the things that we need to know about are starting to come to the surface in a way that we can't imagine. And it's only just beginning. And here's the kicker. Here's the final one. It's all coming out despite every possible conceivable effort by the establishment and the government and the media to silence us, to deplatform us, to smear us. They have invested countless amounts of time, money, and energy into uh, writing fact-checking articles on stuff to dissuade people from looking at it. They have tried everything in the book to try to get people to not hear about Fauci's emails and, and all this stuff that's leaking out. They're trying to close up the effects from this vaccine like you wouldn't believe, but it still isn't working. Despite every effort of the most powerful, sophisticated control apparatus on the planet, hundreds of millions of people are still waking up. What does that tell you? What is that? There's a higher force at work here. It's not just that people, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. nothing can stop what is coming. That's what I have to say. Fuck yeah, bro. Right. What a monologue. There's one thing I want to get to on that. I want to get your thoughts on. And obviously this ties in. Sure. So Operation Warp Speed, mastermind move to, you know what I mean? Create vaccine hesitancy or mastermind move to get this out there in a rush. So Operation Warp Speed, so, okay, there's two ways of looking at it. Um, you got to know, okay, so there's what is said publicly, mm. and then there's actions, yeah. okay? Um, I know some people who were actually Trump's bodyguards for years in, uh, you know, when he was just, I guess, a normal person. Has he ever been a normal person? Uh, when he was, before he was president. And uh, I've done as much research as I can on this. I've looked at it. And the one thing that's pretty general around the people that know him is that Trump is excellent at knowing what you have to say to the media. The media is, I think, one of the last things to fall. And you there's certain optics and certain things you have to do and you have to say, okay? Um, and I'm going to preface everything I'm going to say with this is a theory that either I'm right and that would be great news or I'm wrong and we're all totally screwed. <laughs> okay. So either way, but <laughs> let's just, let's just say I'm right. Let's play with this and just, let's just entertain this for a minute. Sure. So Trump came out and let's just say this. What did Trump do when he got diagnosed with the coronavirus? Did he go get a vaccine or did he take Regeneron and some of his own whatever's? Yeah, he did. He did. He did. And he went, how fast was he back in the White House? In fact, yeah, right away. people, nobody's talking about this. N none of the media, they don't want you to talk about this. He is a 70, whatever year old man. He's in the right range of being the most affected by this. He's the president of the United States. He's hanging out with people, he's shaking hands, whatever. He's doing all this stuff. And nobody even bats an eye in the mainstream that this man gets diagnosed with COVID goes to a hospital and 48 hours later or three days later, he's back. And then he leads the most historic tour 
across the country to do rally after rally after rally after rally. It's even amazing that a man of his age could do that, let alone someone that just had the deadly Spanish tyrant virus, right? And he didn't take any vaccine. Yeah. So then he comes out and there's something that somebody told me. It's a psychological trick because you got to remember these people, let's just say that there's an operation going on, that Mm -hmm. there's some white hat movement and Trump's involved, at least to a certain level. Let's just think about this. Um, You need to understand how the mockingbird media works. And by mockingbird, I'm talking about operation mockingbird. People can go look it up. Um, the level of mind control and brainwashing that people have been put in is incalculable. How do you snap people out of that? See, because remember Fauci said the only way out and the deep state players, they said the only way out of this pandemic is with a vaccine. Now, Trump and these people would know what we know, which is that this was all planned and orchestrated for multiple reasons, but someone planned this. And or uh, let's just say, and for those people that don't like that, they took advantage of something that happened. Either way, um, they wanted to use this, and they did. I don't. I think they wanted to use this later. I think they were forced to push it up and rush it and go with it. But they control the cards. They control the media. So they said, "Well, the only way we're basically going to let everybody go and reopen the economy that you built." is if you everybody gets a vaccine and that's going to take between five to eight years, maybe even 10 years. That's what everybody was saying. So Trump goes, okay, well, what about hydroxychloroquine? The media went scorched earth on him, absolutely scorched earth. And they were successful. And you got to remember these people have internal polling and they get a better picture of where the feedback is than you yep. probably would. So he knew he tried it and he put it out there and then he ends up telling people, he's like, I take it. I've taken it. He took it the whole time. And then he switched to this other version later or whatever. Um, and who knows how much of that smoke and mirrors, but whatever. So he realizes, okay, they're never going to let the economy open because he knows the bigger again, he knows the bigger agenda. Okay. Let's assume he knows the bigger agenda, which is mass depopulation, uh, complete takeover, destruction of America, like the final death blow, the start of the great reset, the, U- the whole thing. He knows the end game and he knows that hundreds of millions more people will die. And you notice that he says that every single time he's asked about it, he's saying hundreds of millions or more people would die or, or millions of people more would die. And people think he's talking about the virus. He's mm-hmm. talking about COVID. I think that if you read it from this theory, that what he's probably saying is he's talking about the effects of what would happen if we would have stayed locked down and these people would have just had their way. Yeah. So he had to make a decision. There was no way that it's not that he couldn't convince Fauci and the department, all that to, to, and the media to go along with the hydroxychloroquine stuff to get everything back open again. Um, it's that he couldn't convince the public because the public has been brainwashed to think that, well, vaccines are the only way out. So he generated, and I remember reading uh, one of his statements because he started pitching the vaccine and even I was like, what the hell's happening? Is this yeah, some kind of, and, and, but he made a state, he made one of those public statements. I'll have to look it up, but he had said, I only worked on one vaccine that was manufactured 
And he named the company that manufactured it. And it was a company I'd never even heard of. And that was his vaccine that he worked on. He said, I worked on it closely and it was this company. And then they sold it to Johnson and Johnson. So I think, and, and there's even people that think that when Trump is saying vaccine, he's not just saying the shot. He's saying, you know, he's talking about the real therapeutics, but anyways, let's say he's going with the vaccine. Um, he said in the statement, this is what struck me was he said, the vaccine I was working on didn't damage your DNA like all the others do. And I went, okay, something is weird with that because if he was just like going to the vaccine and doing all this stuff, and now he's saying, well, but my, I worked on a different vaccine. I don't even know what happened to it. And it's, it, it, was, it doesn't damage your DNA like all the others do. So he's not talking about these other vaccines in the way yeah. people think he is. Yeah. And he's also, when he talks about them, every single time he mentions, go get your vaccine, whatever, it's all good. Um, he also says, you know, or we've also, we also created a, like therapeutics and medicines and he's always been about free choice. Well, now here's an interesting thing. He just came out and said that children and young people should have nothing to do with this vaccine. He was just on an interview, I think on Fox News or something. And he was like, yeah, young people don't need to take this. We, he's starting to almost like shift his narrative. And people are like, oh, Trump's changing his tune. Very interesting. But if there was a plan, if you're dealing with literally the most powerful people in the world, and you really only have a small group of people that are fighting this in the end, and you have to make some sacrifices because it's a war, and in order to win a greater war, there could have been a much bigger threat that would have happened because these deep state players wanted their agenda was to keep the lockdown going for at least 10 years. Right. That was their goal. That's why they kept saying, Oh, and even Bill Gates, Oh no, we're, we're not going to develop a vaccine until whatever. But when Trump, what Trump did this is what I think he released his vaccine because they, they killed him on the hydroxychloroquine. So then he releases his vaccine. And what he does by doing that is he forces them to rush their vaccines. Yeah. And he knew it, nothing can stop what is coming. That doesn't just mean the good stuff. There are certain things that have already started a long time ago that are unstoppable at this point. And it has to do with the perception of the public, which you can't just switch overnight. And so he had to make that sacrifice and go, all right, I'll release mine. They'll be forced to release theirs because they, the whole point was to get the vaccine out so they could profit and go through this depopulation agenda. So they rush theirs. Now theirs are out there and even his, who knows? We don't even know what's happened to his, whatever, but it's causing all this havoc. And so the theory goes that, well, he's going to allow this to play out. Well, he's also not in, in fully in charge. He, he kind of has to concede certain things. This is going to be an end in itself because all these people that are getting the shot we're seeing these, now you're seeing at the same time that Trump started talking about hydroxychloroquine, we had these frontline doctors come out. We had all these whistleblowers start to come out. We had all these people that started channels and just became famous and started warning people about the shot, like overnight. It was amazing to watch. Do you not think that Trump has known about the issue in the pharmaceutical industry for decades? He's tweeted about it. He knows about it. So the, the only explanation is he was turned he had a gun pointed to his head. He was defeated in his plan to save America or the plan ain't done yet. 
he had to make some concessions and this has to go to a certain level. But then he knows that if I can get the economy back and start forcing these guys to open up, it will expose the plan. It'll expose the fraud of the whole COVID thing. It'll expose the fact that these people, not Trump, but these people that were in charge, Fauci, he put Fauci in the spotlight. He's like, yeah, go ahead, be Fauci. And he knew it that um, they would fall on their own sword because now their narrative is crumbling and people are turning against them. Even, even within their own circles, they're turning yeah. against them. And he's so, out of the way now. Yeah. So remember, Trump is a chess player. And when you play chess, you got to sacrifice pieces in order to gain advantage on the board. And the board we're playing on is literally weighing the balance of the survival of the human species. It's that grim. It's that dark. And these people are that powerful. So you can't just swing in there like a cowboy, like everybody maybe was hoping and just clear it out and stop it and boom. And then there, there has to be a systematic way that this is done. And you have to beat them in different areas while they're fighting their game in order to get the bigger win and save the most amount of people in the end. So even though it seems like it's, oh, well, you know, uh, he's just, you know, pushing his vax and he wants everybody to take it and he's, you know, it's insane. Um, there is something I think that's bigger that's happening. And I'd have to kind of take all the specific posts, the specific, we'd have to go through the speeches, the context, the history, the background in order to see that angle. Cause I know a lot of people listening to this are like, no, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. But here's my thing. There's too many weird ass things going on. Ever since Biden got inaugurated, there's too many anomalies. Nothing about this has been normal. And um, there's also, it's too weird that all the things that we were warned about by some of these anonymous posters and even Trump himself and even people that were just independent researchers in this community are just suddenly coming out all at once. We've got... Um, you know, of course, Fauci now is on the hot gate. And I think he switched the script on Fauci. So first he comes out and he plays, he's like, oh, Fauci's great. We have a great relationship. Yeah, he's the expert. Let him do it. Let him go. But Trump knows everything Dr. Judy Mikovits knows about the NIH, the history of that, the gain of function. He knew that coming in. And, and he was advised by it. He was advised by it. So he knows it. So either he is a totally on the bad side and is just playing a role for everybody, or this is a strategy to uh, actually expose this to the people. Because here's the other thing. Trump knows, if this is true, he would know what we know, which is that the problem America has run into is by putting all of their hope in these politicians to save the country all the time. So, oh, if we just get Bush in, although I don't know if anybody thought that, if we just get Obama in, he'll save America. Well, it turns out he, just, he did the most damage to America. Um, and so the problem is America has a problem with having these saviors, these savior figures. So Trump kind of built himself up into the savior figure because that's what they're used to. Then he exits the stage and everybody's like, oh my God, it's over. He lost the whole cute. Everything was just bullshit. It was all a big psyop and all this. And you go, wait a minute though, on a site, if they understand psychology, it was brilliant because you become the hero to inspire the way, right? And then you exit the scene so that the person you're trying to inspire to become the hero has the space to become their own hero. And the one thing that was put on those cue boards, which I'll say this, I'll say this. 
I've read every single post. I followed it from uh, for a long time. I've talked to so many people. I've researched it. I've looked at it. It's almost freaky how many coincidences would have to exist for any of that to even come out. And the accuracy on some of them, even though I know a lot of people from the outside are like, oh, well, none of that stuff is true. A lot of people don't know how to interpret it. But the thing is, is um, there was so many different references to what's happening right now that was posted in 2017 and 2018. It's freaky. We could do a whole show and I could show you how, who knows, how did they know this? And I think one of the big things they had to do was take Trump out of the picture because there was too much heat on him, too much public attention. It was creating too much tension. And Trump was saying, we have to bring America together and unite the sides because the, the deep state is the one that's divided everybody. And they, the media did what it did. And it caught he, his figure was causing more division than help. So he had to exit. He had to allow this whole thing to happen because you can't show people. And I think they know the percentage of people that actually did support Biden, even though Biden stole the election and whatever, there was still a strong 30, 40% that still, they, they believe the media and they, it might've even been more yeah. and they hated what was going on. And so in order to deprogram that, you have to remove that image, which was Trump out of the way in order to, to go, okay, you wanted this, you get it. You need to experience it. It's like a child when they keep doing this, save this thing over again, that's going to hurt them. And you keep trying to warn them and stop them. And they still keep doing it. You kind of have to sit back as hard as it is and kind of let them, you know, touch that hot element or, or climb that tree and fall out of it and scrape their knee. And so America needed to be shaken out of their, first of all, they're idolizing the problem of creating false idols and the problem of uh, not realizing that in order to have a functioning free country, people need to participate, right? Where we weren't participating, we were just sitting back waiting for saviors. So the savior left the scene. Everybody's now like, what the hell? And now more people that were previously Biden supporters and previously just taking in this mainstream media are switching sides than ever before. And so I guess legally under the rules of the military, uh, different military laws and whatnot, the military cannot interfere with the citizen government until there is at least an 80% support for an action for that, because otherwise they're not America. They're not following the constitution. So maybe at the election in November 3rd, they knew that they were close, but they weren't where they needed to be for the whole thing to happen. So they go, all right, let's move Trump out of the way. Let's let this deep state just be itself. And I'll tell you this, Biden himself has red pilled more people than Trump ever did or any of us ever did. This vaccine, as you said, is waking up more people than any book or scholar or PhD that's come out to warn people because people are experiencing it now. Mm -hmm. um, so you start to go back and you go, wow, all this stuff was predicted. And when you go back and actually read through a lot of these posts that I think were posted by people that were close to Trump, they were people that got Trump elected in the military and in the intelligence community that wanted to save their country. They saw what happened and they wanted to work behind the scenes to save the country. And they posted stuff in the past that were actually about the later game plan that we're living in right now. Now, either we're going to see it happen or we're not, and it'll be proven one way or another. 
but I'm laying out here a theory that people can look at and go, wait a minute, look at it again. I know on the surface, it seems like all hope is lost and Trump betrayed America and it's all just over. Uh, but if you actually look at what's going on, isn't it interesting that Trump is now starting to make this comeback? Why is he doing rallies right now? Why is he going to start doing rallies when he's not supposed to be running until 2024? Why is all this stuff coming out about the audits and the election fraud? Do you know what kind of a massive blow to the deep state that would be if that comes out? Because the whole house of cards falls from there. At the same time, Fauci is being grilled right now and it's coming out all over the place. All this stuff is coming out, like I was saying, from all these different angles. The deep state can't possibly put out all these fires at once. It's as if somebody set it up that way for that to happen. And that's an Aikido technique where if this is true, if I'm correct about this, uh, or if this theory is correct, you don't just go out and knock your opponent out. You take their attack and you allow them to defeat themselves. And it's an Aikido principle. And it's interesting how Trump has spoken in these terms before. Um, it's interesting how we're kind of seeing it happen. And I guess my question is, is whether Trump is fully in on it or not, there seems to be something happening in the background where these people are being given a certain amount of leeway to be themselves in order to facilitate the amount of a wake up in America that is needed. And at that point, the indictments drop, the court hearings happen, people go to jail, things get exposed on a level people can't imagine. And, and, and I'll tell you this, even if everything I'm saying is bullshit, if one of these elements gets proven, one of them, that kicks open Pandora's box and everybody's going to go, well, what else have they lied to us about? And, at, and it's like, welcome to the party. So I don't know if I did the best job of breaking that down. There's better people than me that can do it just to give you a better rendition of this theory of possibly what's happening. But I'll end it with this. Um, I can't believe that people that I, there's people in the military, in the government, we're all human beings, right? I can't believe that everybody is evil in there. And that seems to be a popular way of thinking in the sort of conspiracy alternative field is that mm -hmm. everybody is some kind of deep satanic Luciferian Fabian hiding under your bed. Everybody. The it doom must and gloom. Be. Yeah. It's and it, right. And I go, well, wait a minute though. You're awake. And what, you're telling me that these people that think about what the military is, even if people want to go through it, the people that sign up for police and military and a lot of them get, they're the, they're the people that literally believe that they're, they believe in their country. They are the Patriots. They're out there ready to die for it. Most people can't even get off their ass to go and write a letter to their congressman. These people are ready to go die. Even though the wars are orchestrated, it's globalist wars. We get it. I'm talking about the, the character of people that go, I want to serve my country. I love freedom. I'm going to fight and die for freedom for my country. Yeah. The I wrong people were in charge, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So are you telling me that the people that watched them kill JFK, the people that watched them go to the Gulf Wars and do all that shit, the people that the, the soldiers that went to Afghanistan and Iraq and realized that it was a big smokescreen and the whole thing was bullshit. The people that lived through 9-11 and watched that happen. The people that lived through the Bush, the Clintons, the Obamas, and watched that shit happen behind the scenes, biting their tongue because they knew they weren't in power and they were probably the minority. 
people even in the NSA and the CIA and the FBI. I mean, not everybody's bad. And so you're telling me that there's no patriots in there, even in the media? What happens if the, any, any one of them at any point in time throughout that last 60 years or more went, we're in big trouble. We've been infiltrated. Our country is being taken over from within. And we have to do something to stop it. But we're the minority. So what do we use? Well, what if these people got access to the technology that the NSA has? And what if they, all this stuff that we have with our phones tracking us and all that, where do you think that shit's stored? And who also has phones? The cabal. They use all the same shit we use on, on the server. You know, Fauci, he's got a cell phone. Everybody's got a cell phone. What's all this Hunter Biden shit coming out? What's with Wiener's laptop getting leaked out a while back and is being held for later? What about all the stuff we've learned? We can't just go, well, Trump did, he lost the election and we haven't seen any of this stuff come out for a while, so it must all be bullshit. Well, that doesn't disqualify all the amazing revelations that we've gotten, the biggest intelligence drops the world's ever seen of information that woke up hundreds of millions of people globally to this stuff that wouldn't have woken up before. That doesn't just go back in the box. Yeah. Now all those people are now activated and they want to research it. Whatever we think is going to happen and who's what and whatever, we're the plan. We're the ones that have to, and as individuals, we have to. And guess what? I could show you probably dozens and dozens of posts on that anonymous 8chan board from some of these insiders that said exactly that. The people are the plan. The people have to take it back. The government can't take it back. It's too captured. One man can't take the country back. We've, we could go, and I go, well, wow, I was shocked to see that. That's why I went, there's something else to this. So I'm kind of one of those people that I'm, I'm a very objective. I'm not like a diehard Q guy or Trump. I just, I look at it and I'm like, weird how whoever's posting this shit is posting stuff that is written about in all these books I've been reading. And they're waking up hundreds of millions of people. So yeah. if it was a PSYOP and if Trump was just a faker, thank you, PSYOP. Thank you, faker, because you totally fucked up. You just woke the world up. And now they're never going to go back to sleep. These people have seen things. They can never go back to sleep. And um, that's where I go, there's something to it. Was it maybe later co-opted and turned out? Maybe. But I'm telling you, man, we could go through some of these things that have happened, the anomalies, the things that Trump has said, the things that he's doing, the people that are still Mike Lindell popping up over here, Sidney Powell over there, General Flynn over there, uh, you know, the cryptic statements that are being made to head fake the media, and then they bite on it, and then they trounce themselves. And it's happened again and again and again and again. And you go, who's doing this? Someone is doing this to them, and it's pissing them off. So here's my, let's say this, my theory is, we are living in a time where it's the most gigantic sting operation in human history that's happening. And it's going down in America. It's going down elsewhere also. Um, but it's going down in the U.S. And there are players and there's players on both sides. Okay. So this isn't like a guaranteed cinch. It's just that in order to do a sting operation, how did they take down the mafia? Well, first of all, most people didn't believe the mafia existed. They thought it was a conspiracy theory, but it turns out the mafia did exist. They start getting in and they wiretap and they track and they, uh, they coerce certain key players in the mafia 
and they get them on their, they get them on the roll and they go, look, we're going to release a whole bunch of shit on you and destroy your life unless you give us the intel we need, get us the big bosses. That's what you do. Then those guys go in there and the big bosses keep doing what they do. And then those people are gathering intel. They give it back to the guys that are doing the sting. And then these big mob bosses walk right into the trap. Boom. Caught you cold. Off to jail you go. You need, in order for a sting operation to be successful, you need the target to hang themselves. Because then you don't have to worry about going through years of court battles trying to prove these little snippets of evidence. You've got them cold on camera. You got the blood on the, on the hands. You got the whole thing right there. So think about this. If Trump knew this, he just had to create this administration of sharks around him with a few good guys in his core center, right? So that these people could expose themselves and just be the psychopaths that they are while the cameras are rolling. And now what's really messed up is all these things that Trump's been talking about, about he said, this is how they're going to steal the election. There's a problem with the machines. It's a problem with the votes. They're going to steal the election. Did they do it? Yep. yep. Did he let them do it? Clearly. So why would he let them do that? Well, he's either in on it or it's a sting operation that needs to take about six months to a year to unravel because they needed to put Biden up front and center so that he Biden would smoke out all the rats that maybe, maybe they don't even know who all the real players are. Maybe Trump doesn't really know, or these, these military intelligence, they don't really know. Some people are on the fence. Some people are playing a game. Some people are big, deep into it. So they need a mechanism. Trump was just too much of a bright light in there. They needed to get Biden in so that these people have a false sense of confidence so that they start acting more clearly about who they are. And then guess what we got to see? We got to see with the election, as everybody's depressed about it, it's great news. You know why? Because now you know the system is rigged. Now you know how they do it. Now you know that Congress can't be trusted. They're all sharks. They're all paid off. There's only a few good guys in there. And you know who they are too. Now you know, um, you know the media is fucking like, just don't even listen to them. We've learned so many valuable things about how it works and knowledge is power and we wouldn't have known it if trump would have just caught them before they cheated and then went and then how would that how would have the optics of that been trump who is the most hated man in the media goes out and says oh i just exposed them all committing voter fraud they'd be how easy would it be for them to say oh you're trump's full of shit he's a fascist he's taking over all this they mm -hmm. did it anyways and so what he does, he goes, well, you know what? How do you convince the people and how you fix this? Let them do it, catch them in the act, and then slowly start increasing the temperature and the pressure. And the more the pressure increases and the temperature increases, it smokes out more people and more people turn. More people take the deal. More people uh, rat out their buddies. More people come to the table with information that wouldn't have come before. And they gain even more knowledge of just how deep that swamp really is. If I was going to plan a sting operation, I got to say it would, it, it's got to be pretty close to that because how else would you do it? Because you're not just fighting these deep state infiltrating cabal members. You're also fighting the masses who are brainwashed by them. So yeah. you have two battles you got to win. And that's why it's not as cut and dry as just going, well, this happened on this day. And then that guy did this and this guy. So therefore it's all bullshit. It's like, nope, 
you got to see beyond the surface in my opinion. And I think that, uh, I think we're going to know soon enough what weighs, what weighs up and what really went down. And if it turns out that I'm wrong, I'll come back on here and eat my words. <laughs> no, dude, it's, it's all good. First of all, thanks for sharing all that, you know, because again, who knows who's watching, where their views lie, if they're into politics, if they're not, but what you exemplified right there is what this journey of being here for the truth is it's exploring different theories is doing the work is that's potentially it. admitting to yourself like hey let's i could be fucking wrong i mean how many people won't even go there like hey i could be wrong they just like speak definitively about everything i'm right you're wrong you know yeah. what i mean so it's like whatever anyone wants to think whether trump is a good guy bad guy part of the plan part savior part whatever it's like, there's a lot of anomalies, a lot of weird shit happening, like you said, that like I'm even seeing, and I haven't gotten too deep down these rabbit holes just a little bit. And it's like, do you have the space psychologically to entertain this stuff? Can you hold space within your own psyche soma to feel the tension of opposites between yes. two different points of view? And that's part of it. It's like, it goes back down to the inner work. Have you healed your trauma? What's the state of your nervous system? Can you take this stuff in? to entertain it. It's not about oh, I'm taking this in because I 100% believe it's right or 100% believe it's wrong. It's just the truth seeking journey and process. And that's what it's about is how yes. can you hold space for that and to explore this and take information in from different sides. And I think that's what we're getting at here. And you exemplify that man more than most people do. So I have well, such thanks, respect for you. Thanks. And let me just say this, like, and you're so right. And look, I'm again, when we're looking at these bigger mysteries and these bigger events, we've got to look at all of it. And it's, it's hard for people to grasp that because they're used to just like, well, go to somebody, they're going to tell me, and then I've got the truth. Like that's, that's not it. So this is me fleshing it out here on this show and in everything that I'm doing by you sometimes have to entertain. Like if you're a detective, okay. If you're a detective and there's a murder, <laughs> Is it the butler? Is it the gardener? Is it the cab driver? Like you kind of have to go, well, let's, let's play the scenario out with all the evidence we've got. Okay. And let's play it out under the assumption that it was the butler. And let's just see what starts to happen. Let's play all the scenarios. Let's do the math. And then you come back, you go, you know what? There's just too many things missing from that. Let's move on. Table that, you know, you don't take all your pie charts off the table. You just table that. Now let's go look at the gardener. Let's play the whole scenario out with the gardener being the guy. And it's the painstaking elimination of the untrue that the truth is revealed, right? So when I'm talking about this, please don't take it as this is the authority. This is what's happening. This is whatever. This is just, let me put it this way. On one cent, I'll admit that I freaking hope that there's a plan mm -hmm. and that there's some help at the higher levels. I hope so. Now, if not, we're still good because we know how to root ourselves as individuals and be strong and free, no matter what kind of crazy ass world we live in. Right. Because we're the plan. We're the, and, and really at, yeah. And that's why I, I sometimes hesitate going down all the specifics. Um, but it's fun to do. It's important to do, but yeah, yeah, the dude, main point, course. what's the point, what's the point of all of it is that now we're asking these questions. Now we're thinking about it. I've learned more about American politics in the last year than I've ever known in my entire life just because I started going down these avenues and trying to learn about it. So even if I come out with the theory being wrong, 
I've been wrong on a lot of theories in my life. Even in my martial arts career, there were certain approaches I took to training that I thought were super good or my diet or my nutrition or my cardio routine. Turns out it was the wrong one for me and I should have done it better. But without going down that avenue, you can't know a better way. And so what I don't like is when people dismiss things without even knowing about it. Do you know every single person, even in the even close to me, even people that I know and respect that are in this research field that have critiqued that theory that I just gave you, not one single one of them has even looked at a shred of what I've talked about, where to go, how to look it up, who the people are to talk to about it, how to, they don't listen to those, they don't even look at it. And I'm sitting there going, how is it that the same level of ignorance that these same people would accuse the average normies out there of having towards the entire system, how could we then turn around and have that same level of ignorance and be all like, well, it's just total bullshit. And you didn't even look at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm the, I'm just the kind of person that I'm, I want to know all of it and I want to learn about it and I want to flesh it out and I want to see it. And um, yeah, I'm biased to my hope that there's something bigger happening. Um, but at the same time, we do have to look at all the pieces of information and see where they yeah. fit. And we're also children looking through the glass to see what the adults are up to. So we're only going to get little snippets. So there's times where you'll go down some rabbit holes on certain things and come out and go, ah, nothing there, <laughs> yeah. but it was still worth it. Cause you learned a hell of a lot along the way. So for me, this is detective work. This is spiritual work. This is political work. This is all the works. Um, a lot of people like to cut and dry and pick and choose and all that and pick sides. And I, I'm not into that shit. I just want to know what the truth is. And I, I want it to work out for the good people of the planet. And as you said, you're asking us the bottom line of all of it, no matter where you sit on any of this stuff, people watching this, you are the plan. You're the plan for your own life because you are the major cause and the solution to a lot of the problems that you have. So you just need to be awakened to the fact that you're the plan in your life. And then when it comes to how we liberate this planet or at least get a semblance of freedom back, um, it's not going to come from politics. It's not going to come from the media, clearly. It's not going to come from the wider masses, but it can come from a small motivated group of people that that's always what it always was. And so if there isn't a grand plan, let's make a plan together. Let's wake ourselves up. Let's wake each other up. Let's, and maybe not even waste too much time trying to wake the people up that are hopelessly asleep. And let's try to work on creating solutions and, and staying positive and creating our own plan for what we want to see in the world. And if we think like that, then yeah, there is a plan. And maybe we just needed somebody out there somewhere, whether they were a big, some kid in his underwear LARPing from his basement or uh, you know, a president to defy all the odds and get in when nobody in the deep, nobody wanted them in or whatever it is. We needed something to stir the pot to actually inspire us to be that change that we want to see and actually wake up and not just wake up, but go and do something about it. And, um, and that's what I think in the end is, is what we need to do. So whether, you know, some people are going to love what I said, some people are going to scream at it. I really don't care. Yeah. The truth wins in the end. There's a saying, all, man. Dude, what a great place to. There's a saying in the mystery school tradition. Um, the truth has never rejected the seeker. It's only the seeker that's ever rejected the truth. Right. So. Boom. There you go. There's your well said, drop brother. day. I like that. Well, I think this is a pretty good place to, to end. And, you know, we'd love to probably have you back on 
again in the future at some point as things get things unfold even more. It'll be interesting to see. We can look back on theories presented today and other things we've spoken about. Tell you about. one thing, man. David needs out. a PhD. What'd you say? David needs a PhD you- in Trump optics and GameQ theory. <laughs> No, I love it, man. It's so fun to hook it up, bro. It's fucking interesting. What do you want? It's fucking interesting. It is. It is very interesting, man. And you can't deny it. You cannot deny. You cannot call all this stuff coincidence. Not for a second. And anyone that does is stuck in left brain modality. Um, they're not working their right brain. They're not connecting the knots. They're not seeing how this picture, this underlying connection, um, can, can exist and probably does, in my view as well. Um, man, David, that was. That was amazing. amazing. You had you had some monologues in this podcast, which which will stick with me, man, for a very, very, very long time. Same to you guys. Just so you know, um, I think I talked so much today, but your your statements were spot on, and I I love talking to you guys. I'm I'm here to help support in any way I can. My goal right now is to find a way to empower the alternative media. Um, and, and find a way to get more voices heard because I genuinely want as many perspectives in there as possible. So we can sort this shit out and we can really pursue this journey. Um, the goal for me, I've used three words constantly, almost like a mantra. The mission is truth, freedom, and justice. It's the balancing principles of the universe. It's the three qualities of what, um, one of the top, you know, Miyamoto Musashi called the, the warrior of the highest class embodies truth, freedom, and justice. So if we can build those things in, and I see you guys are right there and we can get more warriors on this battlefield, instead of us shooting arrows at each other, yeah. why don't we do something and yeah. shoot all the arrows in the proper direction and win this battle for truth, freedom, and justice. And, uh, and I'd love to come on anytime. I'm going to have you guys on my show real soon. So people listening in, I'm going to be switching the script and I'm going to interview and put some pressure on these boys. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, we're going to also have you gentlemen on Unslaved to come on and talk to Michael. And I think that's going to be, I'm going to sit silent, I think, on a lot. Of, I just want you guys to talk and, and bring it out and um, look forward to continuing to support your efforts. And uh, I've, I've really had a great time today, boys. Like yeah, us, man. man. Thank, thank you so much, dude. Uh, real quickly, man, you wanted to share where people, whoever are listening to this podcast, can find you. Like- well, I'm in a top secret uh, facility in an undisclosed location. <laughs> uh, but other than that, um, dwtruthwarrior.com, dwtruthwarrior.com is my website. Um, if you want to know where all I'm on Telegram, that's my main social media. I finally have a TikTok. If you want to see me play around with that, I'm trying to learn it. Uh, and then the other website, of course, is unslaved.com. It's a premium website. When you get in there, you'll understand why. Oh, it's yeah. it, Michael's personal museum and library mm-hmm. of his epic research. Uh, he is somebody that will be remembered as one of the great minds of our time, uh, probably well after he's gone. It's just the way it goes with these types. I've had the honor of working with him for years, and um, it's a great honor to be able to put out his work and put his perspective out there because he adds so many important things to the table. And also the guests that we have on are just literally second to mm-hmm. none. And Michael will have people come on that are like first time YouTubers to eminent physicists and thinkers. And yeah. uh, we put a mixed bag on there. So yeah, com, unslaved.com. That's where the party's happening. That, listen, that's, this is how this thing happened is because of unslaved, you know, yeah. Sophie and I came on, Joel saw an, uh, the episode, reached out to me on Instagram. We connected, obviously 
you and I connected because of Unslaved and here we are, man. So uh, I love nice. how I love the things work out and uh, we're just, a, a, you know, three straight G's right here. Well, what I, what, what, what I basically do for a living right now is based on Unslaved as well, right? It's based on being introduced to Michael. It's based on having that um, interest to go and discover what Terrascope's mystery school is. It's about looking into the tarot. And now this is, you mean, this is that yeah. along with this is, is what I do every single day of my life. So good for you. In my humble opinion, Unslaved is the best $10 a month you will ever spend in your life if you really want to um, make those shifts and understand the psychology of what underlies um, this reality in, in, in a deeper way. And not only that, but to, to know yourself. Um, so I thought it was $12 a month. Are you getting a discount, bro? What's going on here? Aussie rates, bro. <laughs> discounts. There's no discounts. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's worth every penny, man. I mean, what I've gotten Thanks, from please. it is just it just continues to pay pay it back pay it forward man i'm so grateful dude so grateful to connect with you and um yeah dude keep doing the holy work that you're doing it's pretty fucking amazing and you are Six an inspiration years. to many men and count myself included in that list oh thanks boys thank you and uh good for you for going on your journey and, and finding your voice and doing this work it's so important what you're doing it is so important um, even if you reach one person, it's worth it. Cause you never know who that one person is going to be. Mm -hmm. Somebody woke you guys up. Somebody woke me up. Somebody woke all these people up and now we're out there spreading that. So that's the, that's the goal. And, um, yeah, shield by shield. We're going to win this in the end. Trust yeah, me. Man. That's it, bro. Guys, awesome. David Whitehead at truth warrior. This has been episode six of here for the truth. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care. Smoking mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing I'm in a DeLorean